This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. Happy Tuesday to you. 5th of July. <sighs> did you make it through the weekend? Oh, boy. I did. I was passing a kidney stone. <laughs> anyway, tons of fun. We had a great time. A little golf activity and uh, what else? Tons of movies. Did your kidney stone find freedom? It never did. Just mm. waited. Just waiting for that cute little bugger to come through and he never he never made it. So we're a little we're a little sad. Expecting cute little Chip. And he, is that what his name is now? We named him Chip. And he never appeared. Ah, oh, so tragic. Uh, great weekend, though, other than not, you know, passing my my little calci- calcified friend. Hey, we, uh, we had, um, as I'm sure you did, a lot of family time. And family time could be a really good thing. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it makes you wonder, like, when's this weekend over? But uh, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Uh, also, uh, hot, hot, very hot weekend, I must say. I'm sure you all feel the same way. Today, by the way, National Graham Cracker Day. And just so you know, on my drive here, I had some graham crackers. That was my breakfast. I forgot it was Graham Cracker Day. And I thought as I'm looking in my pantry, what should I take for breakfast? And I had this angelic you know, angel-like sound, graham crackers. So I grabbed some graham crackers. Now, if I just could have had some chocolate and some marshmallow, could have had a s'more while I was driving and a fire, needed a fire. You could have heated the marshmallow up over your dashboard. Totally. I totally could have just heat, turn on my heater. Would have made a mess. Hey, um, by the way, we've got a great show for you coming up. First hour, of course, we will dedicate uh, to politics, all things political. Who better to help us with that than our good buddy Joe Cannon? Joe uh, is in the know, and we are going to pick his brain on a bunch of things like Hillary Clinton interviewed by the FBI. Huh? Is that a big deal? Uh, well, not not as big of a deal, apparently, as a six-star rude – Star of David. Star of David. Or is it a sheriff's star? It just depends. Well, it's a sheriff's star, you know, in a highly Jewish community. If it was a sheriff's star, then why did they change the image, like, within an hour after posting it to a big right. circle? Yeah. Because if it was a sheriff's star, there's no reason to change it, well, right? Well, just look up sheriff's star. Yeah. But they said, Trump said, hey, this is political correctness gone amok. And we used it. It was off of the Microsoft, uh, what's it called, paint program or whatever. Okay. But if you look it up, it's called the the six point star, and it was on top of money. His social media director said they got it off a website that yeah. has a bunch of anti semitic stuff. So yeah, like, sorry, sorry, we got it from the wrong website. So <laughs> here's Donald Trump has an incredible moment where the whole weekend could have been spent talking about Hillary Clinton's three and a half hour meeting with the FBI. FBI, but instead we're talking about a six point star. On a pile of money, by the way. On a pile of money saying that she's a crooked thief, yeah. basically. Blah. All right. So we'll talk to Joel about that, see if that's anything to worry about. Also, vice president talk is up. Uh, you know, who's the pick? Who should be the pick? 
Apparently, uh, Joni Ernst, she's she, being talked about a lot. She's a pig farmer. She's a pig farmer. Uh, she's castrated pigs. She said that in a yeah. – uh, well, who who has it? Her ads when she was running was she in Senate or Congress? She's in the Senate first, yeah. first term senator, but also military experience. She's in the guard. But why would you brag about your? Well, I think isn't she from Iowa? Well, yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's it, why. it fits there. But it that's just why. seems sort of odd when you start seeing. No, the I ads. mean, right up there with your senators in Iowa, you want them educated, you want them serving in the military and yes. castrating pigs. There you go. The trifecta. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, there's just some things you wouldn't, you know. Some, again, as somebody watching Downton Abbey, no. that's something a lady would not normally talk about. That's it, what I've heard a it's lot. Skills listed under other. You know, it is. It is so good to be alive when we're alive right now. Is it? Because it was it, life was really bad for women for years, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. Thousand. Let's just say forever. Some would say it's still pretty bad. But who wouldn't? I'll tell you who wouldn't. Caitlin Thomas. Who's got a really great job because she gets to do the news. Caitlin Thomas, what's going on around the rest of the country? <laughs> Good morning, Matt. Hillary Clinton's national lead against Donald Trump has narrowed to five percentage points, according to a poll released Monday. According to U.S. Today poll, Clinton leads 45.6 percent to Trump's 40.4 percent, so it's close. Continuing a string of recent polls showing the presumptive Democratic nominee ahead of the Manhattan mogul by single digits nationally. Following a three-hour interview with investigators Saturday morning, Hillary Clinton said that evening she was happy to participate in the FBI's inquiry to the private email server she used while Secretary of State. Clinton said she had no knowledge of the timeline of the FBI's probe, which is examining whether her mishandling of classified information constituted a criminal offense. The body of a missing University of Wisconsin student who disappeared in Italy on Friday has been found, his school said. Bo Solomon, 19, a cancer survivor, disappeared shortly after arriving in Rome. His body was found in the Tiber River. The investigation is still ongoing. After five years and a nearly two billion mile journey through the solar system, NASA's Juno probe has entered Jupiter's orbit today, getting an unprecedented front row view of the gas giant, our solar system's largest planet. The four-ton Juno launched on August 5, 2011. Juno will circle the giant planet a total of 37 times over the course of 20 months as part of the $1.1 billion mission, which seeks to map the interior of the giant planet and discover how it developed. And finally, Matt, the iPhone appeared in 2007 and Android launched in 2008. But the lengthy decline of the once popular BlackBerry smartphone has been slowed by its continued use by the U.S. government until now. A memo went out to the Senate staffers just this last week announcing the era of BlackBerry handsets is over. A change forced by the fact that BlackBerry no longer makes the product. So... Darn it. Our U.S. government will no longer be using BlackBerry phones. What's the president going to do? You know, that's a great question. You should ask him. Well, I'll call him tomorrow. Okay, good idea. Let's I'll have him on him. the show. Let's just bring him on. <laughs> just bring him on. Okay. Caitlin, thanks. That's great news, I guess. I mean, man, BlackBerry was it. That was it. You were not a journalist or somebody in the political world if you did not have your BlackBerry. Isn't that crazy? Gone. And everybody loved it because it had the little keyboard, you know, the little thumb board. I think Ben still has one, but his isn't even a BlackBerry. Yeah, he does have the old thumb keyboard. Interesting. That's a neat phone from the 1980s. Hey, um, we've got a great show coming up. When you think about, there's so much to talk about in the end. Where to begin? We've got Hillary Clinton up in a new poll. 
about five points is all, which is interesting because many are saying she should be doing a lot better than that. We, we'll get into that, I'm sure, with uh, our Washington insider, um, Joe Cannon, who will be joining us in just a few moments. We also have got to get into the FBI interviewing Clinton. That's a big deal. Three she and a half says hours. it's not a big deal. No, it's not a big deal. But what she it, was happy to talk to the FBI. She expects no charges to come from this. Well, of course, it 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 is. A, I think a precedent. The first time a sitting, you know, a, a what are they, presumed nominee yeah. from a party has a three and a half minute or three and a half hour investigation and interview with the FBI. That's a big deal. Plus, a year this has been going on. I saw some uh, – well, the Daily Mail somehow had a uh, an, a uh, reports of the interview that Uma Aberdeen, her, yeah. Uh, yeah. her assistant, right? Yeah. She sat down with the FBI and the Daily Mail is saying that she said in her testimony to them that they burnt – that uh, Hillary Clinton yeah. took her schedule, put it in a burn bag. Burn bag, which I guess they, they used to do or they still do with the president's schedule. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, so she apparently was burning her calendar, basically, which you're not supposed to do. It's not the uh, pro- the pr- proper we, procedures. We've taught Ben not to burn anything. Well, but I think this control. is different. This is different. Only yeah. in the break room, right? No, not even in the parking lot. Remember, not on campus, not anywhere in the so, Utah Valley area. Really? No fire. Yeah. No fire. Ben, no fire. Remember. That was the sticker we made you. I, I may have messed up this weekend then. Oh, I saw. <laughs> I saw Stadium of Fire. Um, the crazy thing, I think, about Hillary, so, so now it's into her calendar, but mm-hmm. it just I think it just shows, let's say she does nothing illegal, but it does show she doesn't trust anybody. She doesn't, like, even Uma, <laughs> yeah. she may not trust because she's not going to leave her calendars well, around. Well, I've heard... An explanation of that with all the conspiracy theories surrounding everything right. her and her husband have done or haven't done. Yeah, all the, all the crazy right-wing cons- conspiracies. And so she, she looks at it like you have these conspiracies. There, there's probably like three or four people that have been uh, – that have died – that her that people have accused her and her husband right. of quote unquote having killed, and, and and she's looking at that like these are nuts, and then all of a sudden like a, a a broadcast news network shows up to her and has an interview and asks her about it, so she's like these things that are that in her mind are crazy <laughs> are being asked by legitimate news sources. She doesn't know who she can trust to actually so, know what's real and so what isn't. Who did you murder? But then people start you know you start hearing it and you're not sure what's real and what's not and she's not trustworthy we see the polling numbers yeah people say well and then again um so i can see why she'd be paranoid she doesn't trust people to understand when something's not real and did she did she send donald to just get off the airplane and go talk to lynch to talk i mean was that yeah not donald did she send uh, bill to do that did you see the the article about bill clinton apparently that's something bill does all the time he just like, gets off of the airplane and wanders around? After um, after a funeral, Bill Clinton was – I think it was Muhammad Ali's funeral. Mm. Bill Clinton apparently got off of his airplane and went over and talked to Senator Hatch. Okay. Which I, apparently he had an airplane, which I find hard to believe. So Senator Hatch uh, is is talking with Bill. He's done the same thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
Okay. He just what, what he does, he finds out who's got planes where he is, and then he just gets off. And I think he takes a basket. <laughs> it's just, a little little house yeah, peanuts, or, or a plane warming yeah. gift or something. Yeah. Huh. Hey, I was just in the neighborhood. <laughs> How would you find out? I think you just ask the pilot, hey, who can I go visit? And the pilot's like, well, hey, there's there's Mike Tyson. How would oh. the pilot know who's in the next plane? Oh, because they, they know. They just know? Pilots know everything hmm. when you're at an airport. Maybe they have a database of tail numbers and they can just yeah. figure out who's on what plane. But I think that's kind of cool because my mom has met President Clinton, not to brag, and I have met his dog that is now deceased, Right, the chocolate lab. And, on the tour with everybody else. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, he licked me. <laughs> he licked me through the fence at the White House. But um, my mom had a hug from the president, President Clinton. So honestly, he's very he's nice close, guy. He's close to the family, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> close to the family. He almost married my mom. There you go. If he wasn't you know, married. One step away from greatness. Yeah, could have been famous. But I, I kind of wonder if he's not just bored. So he needs something to do. Right. Well, I've read things where the Clinton campaign is trying to find creative ways to keep him away. Yeah. We need you to run an errand. Because he's, because they tried to bring him out and then Trump started in on the, well, Bill Clinton did all this stuff. And mm-hmm. so they backed him back away. And then now he just on his own goes and sits down with the attorney general. And they're like, oh, you can't do that. <sighs> so now they're trying to figure out a way to creatively use him, but in a way that won't impact the campaign. Yeah, you want to use him, but keep him far away. Yeah, so. he's like the weird uncle. Yeah, that everybody knows a little strange, but he's not. He's he should be a political superpower. It should be a strength, right? Your husband was but, a president, but you notice she's not playing up on that. No, there's lots of baggage. That's interesting. Donald kind of shut that down fast, and he says he'll do the same thing when uh, President Obama steps up in North Carolina today to support Hillary Clinton at a campaign stop. Yeah, but what could he do with Obama? I don't know. We'll find out. This is exciting. Maybe he brings back the birth certificate. <sighs> yeah. We need more of that. Yeah, let's bring up the birth certificate now that he's ending his second term as president. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's fine. You guys didn't prove it, but go ahead. Do what you need to do. Try it. Just try. Yeah, Donald, I think, blew it this weekend. I mean, he had it in his hand. It could have all been Hillary Clinton. And all Donald had to do was apologize. We are so sorry. Yeah, that was wrong. Yeah. We shouldn't have done that. If they'd just done that, boom. But instead he fought it for three days. And it became part of the cycle. Holy cow. And then nobody's talking about Hillary. We're going to talk about Hillary. And um, Lynch didn't handle any of that very well either. No. She uh, she was in Aspen because they were having a, a conference of yeah. ideas. Did you see her like comment? That. Yeah. Her comment was like, I'll never do that again or something like that. And What's the first thing that uh, Holder forgot to tell you and you realized he forgot to tell you and she said how to lock the airplane door? Yeah. Making jokes about things doesn't quite no. fix it sometimes. But it's that's pretty funny. And a very good point. Very good point. Well, Joe Cannon will be next, folks. We're talking politics uh, with our good friend, Joe Cannon. He's in the know. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Hey, we have a good friend, Joe Cannon. You've heard him on the show before. He's the CEO of Fuel Freedom Foundation and uh, is trying to lower fuel costs uh, for people in the United States. That's kind of his job. But for fun, we have him come into the show and we pick his brain because he's well-read, ruggedly good-looking, L.A. Dodger fan. And uh, Joe, welcome to the show. And great history and politics, too. How do you get away with saying stuff like this? I just look at you. I just I look am a at Dodger. The only you're thing you're wearing your LA Dodgers cap. I'm a Dodger fan. Did uh, you've got okay? You've got a special day you want to talk about today. Today is the fifth of July. Yes. So most Americans are kind of recovering from yesterday. Yes. Today is Tinwald Day. Tinwald on the Isle of Man. Okay. And it's their fourth of July in effect. Okay. So Tinwald Day is. I won't go into the whole detail, but it's it's a special day where they hold their their annual reading of the laws in Manx and uh-huh. English on Tinwald Hill near St. John's Chapel, just near Peel, the Isle of Man. Look at which you. Which is just a few – well, I was a missionary there. Yeah, you yeah, you lived there for two years. And uh, Well, six months. Okay. I mean, it was, I just, and then um, I was actually in the Irish mission, but, but the um, – but my ancestors are all from there. So if you meet somebody named Cannon, from Quail, I- Quilliam Quist, Quirk, Callister, uh, Cowley, they're all Manxmen. Are and they, all, they? And they all and they all know it. Yeah. So and they know it, and they're yeah, proud they're, of they're, it, and they're very proud of it. You know, seventy thousand people live on this little island, and it spawned all those people. So how neat! And you and and the uh, my ancestors are born there, and we can tell stories about that. But uh, the Tinwald is their parliament. Okay, and it's the, it's the name, and it's a, it's similar to Scandinavian parliamentary names and the Iceland uh, Parliament. But the Isle of Man has the record of being the longest. There may be some listeners who dispute this, but yeah, it's yeah. just it's true. Go with it; it's fact. Okay. Tinwald is the longest continuously sitting parliament in the history of the world. Really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's great history. So it's a very special place. It's a, it's a very and special place. Connected to you. Well, I mean, of course, I wouldn't think it was special if we're talking about Malta. Okay? Yeah, you, yeah you didn't bring up Malta. <laughs> What's up with that? Well, but, but 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 hang on. There's more. What? Yeah, yeah. So I know people think there's politics. Well, we'll we'll talk about Eva Perón and Augusto Pinochet in a minute here. But but the um, it's the Tour de France. Oh yeah, that's the we're, other. Today's the fourth stage, <laughs> and in the, in the first three stages, two of the stages were won by a guy named Mark Cavendish. So if you're listening closely, Cavendish yeah. could sound strangely like a Manx name. Cannon. And it is. Yeah. It is. And I, I had a great uncle named Cavendish Cannon, weirdly. So Mark Cavendish is – He's leading the tour. He, well, he's not technically leading. Just but he's today, won two, he, of okay. the three, two of the three stages. Okay. And he's won before. I mean he's, he's known as the Manx Missile. So, <laughs> so, yeah. they really, is that really that's his true, name? No, that's true. And you, if you saw the, if you saw the, the beginning of – the tour started this year in in um, oh the castle Mont Saint Michel, and there was a big Manx flag waving in the background. Really? The Manx flag is red with three conjoined legs, oh, three legs yeah. together. Yeah, and that means Kakanka Jakara Stabit. Whichever way you throw me, I will stand. It's great, great. So you need to watch missile, your mouth. It's the Manx Missile. It's the Tour de France. It's Tinwald Day. Their flag has three legs on it. Three conjoined. legs joined together. So like yeah, whichever yeah. way you throw me. They're going to land yeah. on their feet. Yep. Wow. 
Okay. Okay, I you want to get to Peron Pinochet. What do you want to do? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you start. <laughs> hey, um, okay, well, man, I forgot you were into cycling because that is a world event. I ride a French bike, actually. It's called a look. It doesn't matter. But look? L-O-O-K. I'm that doesn't sorry. sound It's not a French. French word, but it's, look. Fr- look. it's, a, it's a French bike. <laughs> did, uh, did you happen to see – well, this weekend – did you happen to see uh, the six star uh, star of David ad by Donald Trump or tweet? tweet? I, I did. I did see that. Like like I said, is it a big deal? If we were, this has all the markings of a Latin American election between exactly. Eva Perón yeah. and Augusto Pinochet. It's like tragic. You, you know, I don't think that he's anti-Semitic, but he gives you all kinds of reasons. Yeah. yeah. To want to think that if you're pulling something off of a, you know, of a white supremacist site, right? Well, and, and he's kind of uh, cavilled around a yeah. little bit about his his uh, interaction with David Duke. I mean, yeah. they're all they're just kind of weird, not little, uh, not trivial, uh, sort of racist, anti-Semitic right. kind of tinges around this thing. Why? And, Why does he do this? Does it? Does it shore up his base enough to make it worth his while? Well, there are two explanations, as always, for Donald Trump. Right. One is that he's a he's an evil genius and he does this stuff on purpose because it's going to work. Yeah. And two is that he's uh, a monkey with a machine gun. I mean, you know, it's just like just damage. He just does what he's going <laughs> to do and and uh, kind of repents later. I. I, I I, I don't know which it is. There's only so far you can go. There's only there are only so many racists, and maybe he already owns all of them. Right, 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 right. So uh, what, what he's not going to do is he's not going to win unless he appeals to the conservative base of the party. That's the problem. Right. So he's doing some notable things in that regard. Well, but yeah. he blew a chance to have it all about Hillary's FBI exactly. investigation. Exactly. No, it's, it's it's the crazy thing. It's like she tees up on her side. Oh. You know, like. Just uh, like a hole in one shot, and he's we're diverted. Yeah, we're thinking yeah. about it, and it's self inflicted. All right, and I don't think this is the media. He could have just apologized, said our bad, right? Let's yeah. get back to Hillary's Stupid thing. mistake. Yeah, yeah. You know. but he, but, he but, won't. But like the judge, he wouldn't let it go. It's like mm. a dog with a bone, mm. he wouldn't let that go. And you're going, Come on, yeah, that was another wasted weekend, by the oh. way, uh, for him. <laughs> so, so well, it wasted. Well, well, and a, and a cycle, and maybe it just means that really Hillary played it better, right? So Hillary just threw out. I mean, all you got to do, I think, is follow him for right, a no, day. It gives you plenty of ammo. Something's yeah, going to come no, up, yeah. and then just blow it up, make a big deal about it. Holy cow! I mean, the minute you're defining a star, right? <laughs> then you're you're losing the race. Well, and if you, I'm sure you did. You saw the original. I mean, I, we I don't think we've ever talked on the this. Show, but I'm pretty much way into things yeah. Jewish, and Israel, Judaic, yeah, and Israel, Israel, and you know, just I saw that and I thought, wow, what, what, what is that? Right? Why, why are you, you know? It's no a matter what the star. explanation is. Yeah, no matter what the explanation <laughs> is, it's like, you know, oh, oh Doug, on what an accident! It's a swastika. Oh, 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 we didn't mean that. That we, was just, no. yeah. Oh, you're is reading, that a swastika? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's like is. Um, then the whole thing is sheriffs. You know, sheriffs departments around the country are using the six point star. Well, are they? There's a long. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, there's a long history of six point stars 
whether they're stars of David, strictly speaking, or yeah. not. That looked a lot more like a star of David yeah. than a sheriff's badge. I'm just sorry. Well, and it, it's it is it is it does okay. So let's just get to Hillary. Does having a three and a half hour interview with the FBI mean anything? Well, politically, yeah. Um, so my mom used to tell me. If people like you, you can't do anything wrong. And if they don't like you, you can't do anything right. right. So you've got tons of people for whom Hillary can do no wrong and for that matter, Trump can do no wrong yeah. or they can do no right. So lots of people, lots of people in the country, it was nothing. It was just like, oh, what? a chat. Right. We, you know, we're, we're, we're coming in for this voluntary chat. And we're glad to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just thrilled. And let's talk all about it. But in the background, I mean, I will just say – Wow, when you when you lay on um, Benghazi, uh-huh. you lay on. I know you guys were talking earlier about her appointment schedule. Yeah, where magically calendar. like seventy five meetings <laughs> disappear, disappear while she's a, out in other countries. Right for this is a she was public on official. Mm-hmm. Well, she's on tour, but also maybe a bunch of those meetings were with right. Clinton Foundation donors. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that. There's the whole. What what did happen with the server? Right. Has it been hacked? Is she involved in real security violations for some of which have sent other people to jail? Um, and then and then on top of that, and this is the big missed opportunity I think for Trump is that Bill Clinton flies in to an <laughs> airport. Yeah. What a coincidence. And there is the attorney general. Let's have a chat. Yeah. Oh, but wait a second. No <laughs> photographs, no nothing. interviews, nothing. I mean, it was really an intrepid reporter who uncovered this. Well, you know. At a local station, yeah. supposedly. That's... It, it's, it's like, wow. I mean, just as a lawyer. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You the, know. The, the Code of Professional Responsibility and the department – I looked it up over the weekend. The Department of Justice Code of Ethics says you have to do whatever it is to avoid the appearance of impropriety. That's like a duty that lawyers have. It's a duty that you have. Do you as, think she died when he – Walks up the gangplank or whatever they call it, the up the steps into the airplane. Was it a surprise to her? I I have no idea since all they talked about was grandkids for half an hour. Right. Uh, well, you who know, could do that? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, he has. Yeah. Okay. He has two grandkids. Yeah. You know, we're 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 talking about a fairly thin. Oh, and they talked about Janet Reno. Right. Yeah. They they and, a and mutual little, friend. Little chit chat. Yeah. Now Bill Clinton appointed her U.S. attorney. Right. Okay. Right. And and apparently there's the possibility that she could be the mm-hmm. attorney general in the Clinton administration. Wow. Just a, all total coincidence, of course. Yeah, that's being thrown yeah. around now too. But yeah, I don't know if any, there's anything there's anything to that. All legit. I do know is the definition of the avoiding the appearance of impropriety is what would appear. This is in the DOJ yeah. regs. What would appear to a regularly informed citizen to raise suspicions of an appearance of impropriety? And I'm thinking his wife is the presidential candidate. She is being – Under investigation. Barely – I don't know if it was just before or right after. I think it was right after the the voluntary interview. Maybe he's connected to some of the problems. Uh-huh. Global uh, Clinton, yeah. The, the Clinton Global Initiative has its own issues. He has his own issues. And this is just a friendly chat. Hey, on, weird. On two airplanes coincidentally at the same airport. And yeah. 
Now, I know he visits with other people on his plane. Okay, but... But you, well, he visited. Did you hear that? Senator Hatch. Oh, yeah. No, he's a visitor. <laughs> oh, he's very totally bipartisan in all this. Yeah. But it's, it's what I guess the issue is. And two, you got to work to know who's on these planes. Well... Because it's not like this. It says, hey, uh, Secretary or uh, Attorney General Lynch is on this plane. Their yeah. plane's not named after her. Right. No, so it's not like uh, DOJ-1. They like got yeah, to track it down. <laughs> anyway, so I, something's I, not – something's I don't know askew. what happened, but I, but I just say as, as a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, there's an awful lot of possibility of the appearance – at least the appearance of impropriety. Well, and, and these I, people aren't dumb. No, you know what no, I mean. No, this no. isn't like just you know two defendants somewhere running into each other at a you know Chick Fil A. This is these are yeah. two smart people yeah. having to make it happen. And and Bill Clinton, who's one of the most charming people ever, yeah. is also one of the most calculating people. Totally, ever. he's almost so. my father because he yeah. almost married my mother. Yeah, because they you. met once in London. <laughs> My well, I'm hoping die. it was about marriage, okay? I know. Exactly. I, 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 I don't want to well, yeah. well, well, no slurs on your that's mom. Right, yeah. she's, my, she's probably a wonderful My mom would have stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Cannon, we'll take a break. We'll have more with Joe. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. show in studio with us joe cannon our washington insider he man has a great uh, pedigree we found he's he's uh from tinwald isle of man an island off of uh, you from the isle of man you can see england ireland scotland and wales wow so it's right in the irish sea now you'll never forget it never one of the most pleasant places on the planet and the, it created a lot of great men like Joe Cannon and also the other names you gave us. <laughs> I would say George Q. Cannon. Yeah. Let's start with George Q. Cannon. Let's go that far back. Quayle is also a Manx name. Dan Quayle is a Manxman, and he knows it. For a while, he was president of the North American Manx Association. Really? Do, do the Manx have a spelling problem? Or is that just Dan Quayle? <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, so Joe, um, what do you think about? There's a lot of talk right now about uh, vice president selection. Does does any of this matter? Yeah. So this is the the schizophrenia that's so amazingly Donald Trump. He does. He's doing some brilliant things. He is able to dominate. So in the last ten days, we've heard that his vice president is going to be Chris Christie. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Or or New Gingrich, New Gingrich, uh, or uh, Joni Ernst, Joni Ernst, uh, or Corker, Corker, or Tom Cotton. Mm-hmm. So every one of which appeals. Stop to some, every name. Do you, yeah. do you think he's like polling? Is he trying to get a fill for who who has the most grab? Could he could be? I mean, there are there are really smart people working for him who are more than able to pull stuff like that. But I think, except for Christie. All of those candidates are people who do appeal to the core conservative constituency of the party, without which he's going to have a really, really hard time winning. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Lee's name floated out there. You know, <laughs> uh, you, you know wow. he's, he's touching on 
every little conservative hot button he can. But then so eventually he's going to choose I think, somebody. Actually, no, I think he will choose. I mean, the, the, of all the ones that he's said so far, the one that sort of rings truest to me is the hog castrator. Yeah, um, which is such a strange title. Well, yes and no. I mean, you, the way it all came up is she said, you know, I used to castrate hogs when I was a little girl and I can do the same in Washington. Did yeah, she so say she, that? Yeah, that, that, was her, that was her big uh, – that was the, the, the winning TV spot that really put her over the top. I mean <laughs> people went crazy in Iowa over that. Because that is that great. was speaking to every Iowan. Yeah. yeah. So she, a little military kind of background. I think she's a colonel. I is mean, she a colonel? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, big military. Yeah. And but also but a rookie, a rookie politician. She's a rookie, as was Sarah Palin, and just, you know, people ridicule, including myself. Lots of ridicule with Sarah yeah. Palin, but all analysts agree that John McCain did better in the general election than he otherwise would have. Because he chose her because yeah. that energized right. that conservative base, that right-wing base. And so I think Trump, for all of his calumny that he heaped upon the head of, of, uh, <clears throat> of um, John McCain, is, is uh, there's a lesson there. There's a lesson. Does um, – well, and plus, you know – this this decision is going to either set up Saturday Night Live for the next eight years mm-hmm. with really good content or this, not. This whole election is already – As it was with Palin. There's already so much in this election for that. I would say the in within vice presidential talk, I would just say definitively without any fear of contradiction, it will not be Elizabeth Warren. You don't That's think so? VP. No, no. Why now? Oh, well, they don't like each other, it seems like. Well, they, they who, pretend. Who knows if there's – who knows what politicians really believe? I, yeah, I, that's I, true. I'm not inside of that. Yeah. I mean that's what people say and I, I yeah. don't have a reason to not believe it. But it doesn't matter. All – the only thing that brings to her is a cohort of voters who are notably unstable to start with. So she's making her play to win millennials. Right. Uh, and the, meeting the Bernie Sanders crowd, I just don't see that. And and also that pushes her way to the left and she can't afford that either. So, you know, of course I've been wrong almost every week. So <laughs> I could well be wrong in that. But to me, that would be nearly nonsensical for her to choose. Well, and she's already got the, the women's vote. She's already kind of got the more progressive vote, I guess. I mean, not as hard as they'd want. She she wants more of it, but she's going to get it at the end for both parties. It's going to come down to the Supreme Court. And so if you're a progressive, if you're on the Hillary side of things, you're going, wow, we have the, our golden opportunity finally to cement a liberal majority. And then if you're on the conservative side, you're going, oh, my goodness, if we don't get a not Hillary in there, then they're going to cement a yeah. liberal majority. So, and the, and the one genius thing Trump did is put out a list of uh, potential candidates, almost all of which completely satisfied uh, the people cons- who worry yeah. about this. Yeah. Does, I, I guess that's part of the issue is um, it used to be that they would, they'd have to kind of run in the primaries to the left or to the right and then they'd move to the center. It doesn't seem like Hillary's going to have to move to the center. Well, she has to move a little bit to the center 
because she does have to get the independent vote, and and that's crucial for her. So she can't win with just Democrat votes. Right. I mean, if only Democrats voted and only Republicans voted, she would win. Right. But that's just not how it works. And so it's not like she needs to peel off any Republicans. That's not going to – it might happen like a what, fraction What do you see percent. that she would do that would seem conservative so for the independents? Yeah, so she's already moving in this direction on trade policy. She's sticking right. pretty much to, to trade, which does differentiate her from from Trump. Maybe in a bad way for other parts of right. her constituency. Um, I, th- I think she she's talks economics. Mm-hmm. Talks, you know, what what are the things we can do economically to make the country go forward again? Um, she doesn't, you know come across like Bernie Sanders or right, Elizabeth right, Warren in right. any case. And she's still running in the sort of I'll call it the envelope of Bill, who was pretty widely thought of as a fairly centrist and maybe center left, but still more of a centrist candidate. So she's kind of cloaking herself in that too. So I think she's sending a, a lots of verbal and visual symbols that yeah. she's not Bernie Sanders. Did you see Russia like the Russia feels like she'd be more stable. Well, <laughs> did you see that? I can't even get into the minds yeah, of, of how the of how if they have to choose, that. she's a stable pick. Yeah, so that's <laughs> scary that they're even they're even saying that. What uh, What do you think of Obama helping Hillary? Is this an advantage? Is this is Obama going to be able to help get that vote out that he was able to draw that really high high turnout? I think that's the principle. I mean, I still don't think they like each other very much. Yeah. There's plenty of. Not, not that I'm the insider you think, but I do know people on both sides of the Clinton right. and Obama divide and there's no love lost between most of them. Um, so he – but he wants the, his third term mm-hmm. and she's the embodiment of that and and she knows that. He knows that, A. B, he does – she has to get galvanized to the maximum extent possible his constituency in order to win. And so that's when they're in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, so if if the, if there's a large African American turnout in North Carolina, she's got chances. If there's not, she has no chances in in that state. And that's true in, in Virginia. That's uh, to a lesser extent true in in Florida. Uh, it's it's very true in Pennsylvania. So there wow. are places yeah. where where that African American vote, one or two point shift, either direction, is crucial for her. So yeah, so I, yeah, no, there's no, it's no a coincidence that they're in North Carolina. That's the that's I was trying to figure out why North Carolina, but that's exactly it, isn't it? Just to <clears throat> kind of create an indication and a, a I guess a a nod in the black community toward Hillary. Right. I mean, she's going to get the you know ninety five, ninety who knows ninety eight percent of the African American vote, but. The question is how much? How much is the turnout going to be? And that's crucial. And what, that's where the president can help a lot. What do you think um, as we're wrapping up? What What is it that we need to be paying attention this, to this week? Well, I don't know this week. I mean other than the Tour guys, de France. This guy – well. Of course. Yeah, well, well, the Dodgers are on a five-game winning streak, 10, 10 games straight at home. You I could mean, pay attention there's, there's lots to of that. important things. Yeah. But who knows what the week is going to bring? Every week we find I mean, yeah, out. Who knows what Donald of, will say tomorrow? I would say the interesting thing, just a, a little wrap up here is so uh, right after the Hispanic incident, right actually right after you know the uh, the Orlando yeah. massacre uh, tragedy, 
Trump dropped pretty significantly in the polls, but he's back. And basically, she's ahead by 4.5% yeah. in the average of the polls. But when you look state by state by state, she's ahead. He's a little, They're tied in one place, and they're close in another place. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but but he, she should be blowing him out, it seems like. But, well, you look state by state. She's within the margin of error in virtually every one of the key wow. state polls, and most of those are of likely—I mean, not are of registered voters, not likely voters. So, generally, not always, but generally, Republicans have an edge among likely voters. So, oh, you're just wow. doing registered voters. Okay, that's everybody who's registered yeah. voters. Well, we know yeah. this is going to be, in my judgment, again. We've been wrong a lot, here, but, <laughs> but um, this is going to be a very low turnout election. I mean, yeah, everywhere yeah. it goes, not just Utah. Disenchanted. You, you talk to other people, and it's like, oh man, really? Yeah, really? This are is the serious? United States of America. This, these are our options. Yeah, and and so and that's both sides. I've yeah. got pretty good friends on no, both right. sides, and they're all like, uh, Republicans are slightly more despondent because at least Hillary is a normal Democrat. You, <laughs> right. you cannot say that Trump is a normal. He might win, and he's taken the Republican nomination. But the other thing to keep uh, keep an eye on is this little nascent movement uh, of delegates to be to free the delegates at right. the convention. You think that'll that, work? I don't think I don't think it'll work nakedly. In other mm. words, I don't think that Enid Green, yeah, well, Enid yeah. Green Mickelson, Mickelson, is going to uh, let that happen in rules committee. But what could happen? Maybe we talked about this. There could be a minority report that comes out. So that a minority of the rules committee says, no, we think the delegates should be freed. Ah. That minority report then itself will be debated on the floor. So all the and delegates that will get could go to vote. So that, that could go to vote. And if the delegates want, there will be a mechanism. Now, oh. I think that would be political suicide for the Republican yeah. Party. But man, but, but great maybe TV. Already, but maybe they've already <laughs> committed political suicide. So, no, exa- so maybe it doesn't matter. And uh, Yeah. And who knows what will happen in the next month. Yeah, so. Woo! Joe Cannon, appreciate you, man. Good stuff. Yeah, Happy uh, Tinwald Day on the I- from uh, no, what is it Tinwald Day no, from the Isle of Man. Do you have to leave it. Do you have to say that whole line. A, no, you don't have to. But. Okay. <laughs> Happy Tinwald Day. Uh, we appreciate Joe Cannon. Go check out his website, uh, fuelfreedom.org. Great uh, resource there, and Joe's just a wonderful man. We'll take a break, folks. Come back and wrap up this first hour of the show. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you see the good in the world. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, this of all times, it used to be that you could just predict, you know, who the next who the next uh, candidate would be, what their odds are. It's pretty obvious. But boy, have things changed. Now you just, you never know. You never know. Hey, um, we got a, a crazy story out of Northern California. Listen to this. So uh, police in Northern Cal have say they've arrested five men for stealing $4,700 worth of energy drinks. San Jose television station uh, Vacaville, in Vacaville, police officers nabbed the four adults and one juvie Friday night as they wheeled a cart full of Red Bull out of the grocery store and loaded it into a waiting U-Haul van. The Vacaville Police Department says the grocery store is one of the many places visited by the group. Police say the U-Haul van was packed with energy drinks. We actually have video 
of uh, of the police trying to to arrest and stop these men. <laughs> that was the wow. That was the interrogation. Yeah, the sound cut out after that. I think because well, yeah. it got really, really intense. And that guy was mouthy. Yeah, he looked like the Tasmanian devil. Yeah, he kind of he was a little bit squatty, skinny legs, <laughs> little tornado wherever he went. But that that's why you can't have those energy drinks. They'll they'll turn you into just a crazy speaking Tasmanian devil. I remember last time Terry drank one. Do you remember worst day of? Oh man, do you remember that? How he made us? Yeah, I don't want to go uh, yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's it was bad. Yeah, but better than riding a moose. So I'm looking through the news and, you know, as as you want, you know, you just find you just find a really good article. And then as you read the article, you're like, what? So apparently Canada is not a moose. There's a man charged for riding and swimming an elk. Not a moose, I guess, an elk, rodeo style. And the, we'll put the video on our Twitter feed. There, there's, a, there's an elk trying to swim across the lake. And these guys, probably a little intoxicated, one of them jumps on the back of the elk. As you know, it's swimming for its life. And this crazy guy uh, and his buddies, I'd give anything to see that elk walk in the middle of the lake, walk up on like a sandbar. And then it's just the man and the elk on ground. Holy cow. (sighs) What we need is one of those judges that it's like, okay, I'm not going to take this anymore. Buddy, start swimming. Bring the elk out, and we're going to let an elk jump on your back in the middle of the lake. See how that goes. I don't want to sound rude. We'll just let justice be served. If you want justice to be served, let's have that elk and the man meet in court in like a cage fight. Oh. I, my, my money's on the elk. Honestly. Happy 4th of July. It's all fun and games. Well, this was Canada, so we don't know yeah, what they were true. doing. Yeah. Good. Happy Canada Day. Ugh. Not a moosing. It's an elking. We'll take a break, folks. That's hour number one of the Matt Townsend Show. Stick with us. We'll be back next hour. More ideas, more tools to help you live longer, love stronger. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your life coach, your guide on the side. Top of the morning to you. Or middle morning uh, for some of you. And happy July 5th. This is a uh, Graham Cracker, National Graham Cracker Day. Ah, happens to be my breakfast today. Honestly, that couldn't have been luckier. Most of the days I don't choose the right breakfast. You know, if like sometimes we'll have, you know, Twinkie Day. Right. You don't have, never to have a, Twinkie. a Twinkie that day. 
Just today, I had graham crackers. Which is surprising because you usually have a Twinkie for breakfast, right? Normally, ever since Twinkie Day, I've been having a Twinkie for breakfast. Hmm. And then, how's that been going? Well, great. No, my chest has felt a tightening. That's but, a normal side effect. Yeah, I kind of like to think of it just as the soft, yummy cream filling that's inside my chest, as it's trying to pass through your arteries. Yeah, because that's how it works. That's how it works. <laughs> That cream does not break down. It doesn't break down, which is why it's the it's the food that lasts forever mm. in more ways than one. Um, today we are going to be talking about ADHD and uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and the medications you take. Because a lot of kids are being diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, and um, – Mm. Then they put them on meds, which is amphetamine, which can become addictive. So how do you know? Like, how do you know when to put your kid on such a strong drug? We'll get to. We got we got one of our favorite experts, uh, Doctor Frank Ninavaji, will be joining us. He um, is a professor of child psychiatry at Yale University School of Medicine. So you're going to want to listen to this guy. We'll get to that uh, and understanding ADHD and it's it, the impact and the implications it has long-term, too, for these children that are diagnosed young. About 5% of children are diagnosed with it. About 2.5% of adults are diagnosed with ADHD as well. So, And I've seen a lot of clients that I'm pretty sure have it. They just have it. And they, even, they were even diagnosed as a kid, but they're no longer on any meds. But they're also having major issues in their lives because of it. So – it's Tangled Web. We'll find out, uh, kind of work our way through that, plus other headlines as well. Uh, lots of fun stuff and interesting news for you coming up, including a, a couple that used cash that they stole to buy a winning lotto ticket. So, who you know, who gets the, yeah, who gets the, money? Who gets the winnings then? Hmm. We'll figure that out. But first, let's get to Caitlin Thomas, find out what's going on around the rest of the country. Caitlin, what's up? Hey, Matt. Following a weekend meeting with Indiana Governor Mike Pence, Donald Trump will meet with Iowa Senator Joni Ernst Monday as he continues contemplating his vice presidential selection. Ernst is in her first term in the Senate and the first woman to be elected from Iowa to either chamber of Congress. Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro is being vetted as a potential running mate for presumptive Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, according to a Democratic source familiar with the process. Castro, 41, would be the first Hispanic candidate on a presidential ticket. His selection could help Clinton energize Hispanic voters. After five years and a nearly two billion mile journey through the solar system, NASA's Juno probe has entered Jupiter's orbit today, getting an unprecedented front row view of the gas giant, our solar system's largest planet. The four-ton Juno launched on August 5, 2011. Juno will circle the giant planet a total of 37 times over the course of 20 months as part of the $1.1 billion mission, which seeks to map the interior of the giant planet and discover how it developed. The FBI is now investigating an incident involving an explosion in Central Park in New York City that left a college student with a blown-off left foot. Connor Golden, 18 years old, was climbing off a rock in the park when the explosion took place. Authorities now believe it was a homemade firecracker. The the authorities believe it had been in place for more than a day. The police also announced that as of now, they have no reason to believe it was terrorism-related. And lastly... Kevin Durant will sign with the Golden State Warriors, he said on Monday. The former Oklahoma City MVP considered several other teams while he was a free agent. Durant will sign a two-year, $54 million contract, ESPN reports. The contract would include a player option 
after the first year. And Matt, of all the news headlines, that is the only one that my brother and father wanted to talk about this last weekend. Oh, that is big news. Kevin Durant and uh, signing with Golden State. So, I love I love Kevin Durant. I feel bad for Oklahoma City because, you know, you, you lose Kevin, you're done. Unless, did they pick anyone up? Did, did they pick three people up for Kevin? No. He was a free agent. <sighs> he just walks away. They get nothing. That's sad for them. And in fact, I brought this up earlier. Stephen A. Smith, um, the commentator, the big – he's kind of a – From ESPN. From ESPN, a little mouthier kind of guy. But uh, he's – he's, he's paid to do. He's mad. Yeah, he's saying it's a, a sellout situation. That, it's uh, a weak move well, by KD. Y- you don't go to the finals, lose to a team – Barely. And then a couple weeks later, join them. Yeah. Go over you there. Lose and... the team in game seven. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're on a team that is heartbeats away from the finals, and then you just kind of, in his mind, Kevin Durant quit and went yeah. to Golden State. Uh, well, you do if it's more than just that. And that's what some people are speculating is there's more to this other than I'm just going to go to this other team. Because I would bet Oklahoma City could probably match that money. Yeah. So it's maybe it's other issues. Maybe it's coaching issues. Maybe it's personality conflicts with other members on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But he basically, you know, he's mad. Weak. Weak move. Kevin Durant. No, I don't like it because um, if you look at – like uh, world soccer, English soccer, the Premier League. Right. The way they have it set up is it's built for um, the teams at the top to make super teams. Yeah. Pay all the money. There's no. They don't have any sort of cap as to how much money you can spend, and so you get constantly the same teams winning. This year was different, of course. They had a team that yeah that surprise jumped up here. and surprised everyone. But they kind of set it up so that you can make a super team, and those are the teams that win. And that's kind of what this is turning into is in the NBA. Yeah, so, yeah, you can't you just, make super you just teams. stack your team. So the Miami Heat stacked it deep, sold it cheap. And it all comes down to because they got a new TV contract. Yeah. They added $20 million more dollars per team for the salary cap. Last year it was about $70 million per team. This year it's $93 million per team. Next year they're thinking it'll go, it'll go up another $20 million. So wow. this oh, on July 1st. This is interesting. On July 1st was the first day of free agency in the NBA. There were – now, no, no contracts are official, but just kind of just this this guy's going to go with this team as the news would, that would come out. Right. A billion dollars in free agency money oh, was earmarked goodness. for players on July 1st. That's why you see all this movement. Yeah. And next year, even more money will be available. Yeah. It's crazy now. This is why if you could have kind of – like in a way, having Kevin Durant move to Golden State was good for certain teams. Like the Jazz like it. Why? Because now they don't have to play the Thunder in the championship. No, I mean the Golden State's in the West. No, but I know, but in the West, but they're not in that area. What's that region called? The, 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 the division that the yeah. Jazz are in. Divisions. It, it, gives you, it just gives you a little bit longer to get through. Until you inevitably get – Destroyed by somebody. Right. Unless people start pulling hammies. Yeah. Injuries. Right. They could happen. Once you pull a hamstring. Connor, speaking of hamstring pull. Uh-oh. Uh, Hussein Bolt. Yeah. 
pulled a hammy. Usain Bolt, yeah. I have, yeah, he never he, – he didn't even run. No. For his Olympic trial. Out. He jumped he, – he, A month before. Yeah. But it's probably better for him. If they need somebody, call me. I, and within a month, I could stretch my hammy out. I don't know why Ben's laughing. It's kind of rude. Did you hear um, – Oh, hold on. What? I have some Olympic news since you what? just brought up the Olympics. The 2016 Olympic Games just weeks away. Brazilian scientists have discovered a drug-resistant bacteria offshore of Rio's Flamingo and um, another beach. The, the researchers believe the bacteria enters the water after sewage from nearby hospitals got channeled into the bay. Uh, Though the beaches where the bacteria was found uh, border the area where Olympic sailors will compete, neither lead scientists in the, from the uh, international committee authorities have recommended relocating the venue. So it's in the area, but we're not going to move it. But it's a drug-resistant bacteria. Oh, if that becomes airborne, then you know Usain Bolt would have a problem as he's running in the area for the what in Brazil. the world. That's sad. Okay, moving on. Okay. Just a little Olympic news. Well, if that didn't depress you enough, (laughs) did you hear what happened in Chicago over the weekend? Well, they do. 60 people shot over the weekend. It was a holiday. They had an extra day to. (laughs) Three children, five year old girl, seven year old boy playing on Inglewood Street were shot in their legs late Monday. Among they were two of the sixty that were wounded in shootings. So now Congress is going to come back from their barbecues. And you know they're going to get right back in on that sit-in. No, not at all. They're not? They said it's going to continue, but in other ways. Hold on. 60 people were shot in one city. And I'm assuming with guns. So we need those same people Mm -hmm. that were so mad about guns in Orlando Orlando to come back and have a sit-in and not move until they do something. Well, that's a different problem. Isn't this crazy? That's it, crime. It seems like the same problem, but we only address terrorist acts with guns. Well, many of not... those, many of those people that did the, that did the sit-in, those members of Congress that that sat on the the floor of the House and, and protested, they held um, events over the last few days in their yeah. own fantastic home districts. Now, so shut it. They need to shut it, and they need to come back. And they need to get back and sit back. I want them to sit on sit the floor. Sit back on the floor. Sit on the floor. So you'll excuse the the holiday. Yeah. Okay. Sti- you know, moving Who didn't away need there. to go to a barbecue? Right. Well, there's parades. They have to go represent. They have to wave. They got to raise some money. So now that you're back, let's see. Just go sit right back down on the and floor. And today's going to be a deciding day and tomorrow and the next day. Because if you don't see a sit-in again. Then it was a money-making Especially exercise. after 60 people were shot in one city. Mm. If you don't see movement now, they were all a bunch of – they were just full of it. It was just posturing, political mm. posturing, which they would never do. They did send out fundraising material <laughs> as uh, Paul Yeah, Ryan I have a feeling they're not going to do anything. And yet, again, 60 people and two innocent kids just playing in the street or whatever get shot in the leg. Five-year-old? Come on. Eight-year-old was also shot. Sad, 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 folks. This is America. Do you know how far away we are from the Republican convention? Well, uh, less than a month. It's it's this month. Is it two weeks? In fact, I was talking with uh, Joe Cannon. He might be at the convention. Is Joe going to go? That's what he was saying. He's going to talk to Enid Green Mickelson. So it says – so we'll, they're expecting protesters. Yeah. They will be there. 
I don't know if you need to say expecting. Just say they're going to be there. Well, why would uh, why is he going? Why is Joe going? Yeah, I guess I tickets are cheap. Yeah. There's plenty of tickets out there. Protesters flooding the streets outside the convention in Cleveland won't be allowed to come with super soakers, right? <laughs> but you will be able to bring a loaded firearm. Okay. Bring your gun. Is that a super soaker? <laughs> Strict Republican National Committee rules call for a ban on soda cans, glass bottles, tennis balls, umbrellas with yeah. metal tips, yeah. and any projectile launcher Duh. like BB guns, paintball uh-huh. guns, water uh-huh. guns. Uh, in in the 1.7 square mile, as they call it, event zone right. surrounding the Quicken Loans Arena, where this will be taking place. Um, the but the if you have a gun, Ohio has open carry laws. Oh, you got a gun, sir? Come on in. So if you're outside and you have a weapon, what about knives? I know I know that that would be your next question because you're big into knives. Knives are knives are pretty awesome. And they're probably allowed also. Uh, so you call uh, that a knife? Ohio is an open carry state that has no ban on assault weapons. So as long as they are legally obtained and don't fire more than 31 cartridges without reloading, you're good. <laughs> Ma'am, you're going to need to leave your super soaker. But the Secret Service, uh, so the, the convention is July 18th through the 21st, okay. right? Yeah. It says you won't be able to get them inside the arena because the Secret Service has deemed it a protected site where only law enforcement officers can carry guns because right. you have possible presidential no, candidates Donald, sitting there. But Donald said he's okay with everybody having a gun. Well, there is a uh, Change.org petition calling for gun-free zones inside Quicken Loans Arena where 55,000 people have signed this petition. <laughs> they want to change. They want to. They say it's an affront to their Second Amendment rights not to allow weapons in that building. But you know what? Honestly, one person pulls a gun in the gun-free zone outside, he will be shot five thousand times. <laughs> yeah, there. I think people are more concerned about the the protesters outside and how. At previous Trump appearances, they've, there's yeah, been clashes. There's a lot of lot of heated uh, confrontation in California over the last couple of weeks where things have happened. And they're worried that these people all show up and you get the emotion and then someone has a gun. What's going to happen? Uh, crazy. But Ohio's like, those are our laws. We just can't change them for three days. Isn't that interesting? Look at all of the attention given to Cleveland, Ohio's guns, none given to Chicago. There's a tension, but that's been going on for quite a while. For 10, 15 years. Yeah. And we still have 60 people shot. But let's worry about Cleveland. Donald said guns make us safer. Just open up the stadium. What's the worst thing that could happen with 50,000 people having guns in a confined area? I think it's a good idea. Oh, it's crazy. Have you ever just felt like we're sometimes just upside down? We're like in make-believe land. Well, it's called life. We'll take a break. When we come back, Dr. Frank Ninavaggi will be joining us. He is a professor of child psychiatry at Yale University. We will be talking about ADHD, uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, your children, and uh, the medications they give. Stick with us, folks. Interesting topic coming up. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. That can't be right. Satellites don't lie. You have reached your destination. 
took the shortcut, huh? Have a car wreck? Martin's Collision Repair. The right repair, the right paint, the right choice. Martin's Collision Repair. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says that 11% of American children ages 4 to 17 have attention deficit disorder uh, uh, or ADHD, according to Healthline.com. One common treatment for ADHD and uh, um, ADD disorder is a prescription drug. And uh, what's weird about the drug is it's amphetamine, right? scary it's scary it could become addictive it's um it's a drug that's uh, sought after in kind of in uglier circles so we wanted to talk to uh one of our good friends um and a returning guest and one of our I, just somebody i respect uh, immensely dr frank ninavaji is the assistant clinical professor of child psychology or psychiatry at yale university school of medicine he's been on the show many times and he's here to walk us through adhd and uh and the meds that you take to take care of that if you need to. Dr. Ninavaji, welcome back to the show. Oh, good morning. Uh, thank you for inviting me, as always. You bet. We love your expertise and your insight into this. This, I mean, ADHD, it's a, it's, it's a real diagnosis, right? This isn't just these kids that can't focus. ADHD is, 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 a, is a real thing. Clarify that for me, I guess, as we get started. Okay, that's um, like a really good question because that's, that could be considered a controversial question depending on who you ask. Okay. Now, you're asking me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I want to try to be factual, but of course it's going to be colored by opinion and my bias. <clears throat> I think it's, uh, first of all, it is a DSM-5 uh, that's uh, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of uh, Mental Disorders, uh, fifth edition, came out 2013 uh, from the American uh, uh, Psychiatric Association. So that's standard, conventional, gold standard criterion of what is considered absolutely real, realistic, scientific, scientifically validated, uh, proven and provable. Okay. Uh, in the DSM-5, <clears throat> uh, there continues to be di- uh, that diagnostic category, ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, and the other version called ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Disorder with Hyperactivity. So those are viewed by MDs, pediatricians, and uh, physicians, many psychologists, PhDs, as bona fide diagnoses. Psychiatrists use the ter- don't use the term disease, but in psychiatry we call the problem uh, a disorder. And it's marked by attentional problems, concentration problems, uh, problems focusing. And if there is the H attached to the ADD, the H is hyperactivity, then there is an inordinate amount of impulsive behavior 
and hyperactive behavior. Hmm. That's in a nutshell. Yeah. And uh, these signs and symptoms are considered to occur across the board of school, home, and the playground. And by definition, any mental disorder, more or less, has to be impairing in a person's biopsychosocial functioning, biological functioning in some way, eating, sleeping, uh, energy level, psychological functioning in terms of their emotions and relationships to other people, and social functioning in terms of uh, how they can function properly in a school setting, a home setting, or a job work setting. So all those components have to be present for a real diagnosis to be made, a diagnosis that's considered valid and reliable. And we are, we've diagnosed the day, the research looked like it was about 11% of our children we've diagnosed with this disorder. This is evidence for what I call part of the mega problem and the ambiguity and the fact that personally, virtually speaking, and you know the, the word virtual used to mean kind of uh, almost never. Virtually speaking, I, in 41 years of practice in uh, child, adolescent, and adult psychiatry, never make the diagnosis. In addition, now that was the positive, in addition, over 41 years, when I see a child, adolescent, and adult with that diagnosis, which means probably about 90% of, the pe- of all the people that come to me, child, adolescent, adult, and about 100% of children and adolescents who come to me, either in private practice or through the school I work at for 21 years, which uh, houses uh, 100 residential full-time students. 50% are from America. The other 50% are international. And I've been doing that for 21 years. So I've seen thousands. Yeah. 100% come in with three to five diagnoses, and the first diagnosis is ADHD. So what I do is I wait a couple of months, and then I, and I sort of say this in a flippant way, and please excuse me <laughs> for being a little sarcastic. I say to my staff, three nurses, psychologists, maybe 15 social workers, behavioralists, I say, let's bring it up on the computer, ADHD, and now let's press delete. Get rid of it. Exactly. As a diagnosis. And after that, I say, amen. Huh. And then I have to start talking to parents in order to discuss this with them through informed consent, which I mentioned in that little brief essay on ADHD, and help them to understand that probably the diagnosis 
that was made for the last one year, two years, three years, four years, or if it's a 15, 18-year-old child since the child was age three, is probably not there, probably a red herring, and the amphetamine that the child has been on is part of the problem, causing all the symptoms and causing that child not to be able to function in the external world, in the home, in a school, and having to be put in a residential boarding school for one to five years so that they could be, quote-unquote, detoxified. The diagnosis kind of eliminated or uh, put on whatever it is behind the back burner and the medication taken away. And then we usually, usually, meaning about 80%, see about 50% symptom reduction. Hmm. And I'm not just talking about the uh, ostensible side effects, such as mood swings, irritability, hair pulling, scratching the skin, scabs, ticks, twitches, uh, uh, explosive reactions, uh, and uh, just nasty, nasty, nasty negative emotionality across the board, let alone continued attentional uh, problems and school uh, failure. We, we see a diminishment of that probably in about a couple of months. And, and, and so we're overdiagnosing it. Absolutely, and yes. I guess I guess we're misdiagnosing it, and then we throw everything yes. at it because it seems yes. like the big the big decision is yeah you just need that pill exactly you you that. call it the God pill right well no oh never never oh I would never again I'm going to use the word I would never do a blasphemous thing like that good I just use that expression. Because when I was a young boy, that was the day and age where uh, LSD, magic mushroom, was in vogue. And all the PhDs from Harvard, Timothy Leary and his friends, uh, used to promote LSD in the hippie age. And everybody was uh, tuning in, turning on, and dropping out. You must have heard of yeah, that. totally you know, Woodstock, right, <laughs> right, and so there happened to be um, uh, an influx of uh, people from India. They were called gurus, swamis, right. etc. And they saw that this was happening, and uh, they were basically leading pretty vegetarian, natural uh, lives. And they were trying to uh, take people off of all these uh, substances. And so one of them, one of them had a movement, and his name was Meher Baba. And in the, it was about 1965. And he gave a talk once in Greenwich Village, and I'm a kind of New York, Brooklyn boy, And as a teenager, I used to go there, go to all these various meetings, talks. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see what was up outside of 
my parochial schools that I was uh, uh, trained in. So I wanted to see what that part of the outside world was about. So I went to these lectures, and he gave a talk once, and it was called God in a Pill. Oh, boy. And the bottom line was, you're not going to find God, divinity, holiness in LSD. Look elsewhere. Hmm. Look inside and look to purity, becoming pure, purifying yourself. Wow, and that sunk in, huh? It never left me. That's powerful. Very powerful. So I had to write an article for uh, Psychology Today three or four months ago, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to blow the lid off of this as far as my little life is concerned and what I have to say. And how should I grab people? Because they don't... You know, when I write my uh, articles for psychology today, they're almost like uh, uh, scientific papers. Right. And usually they're 5, 10, 15 pages long. And people don't want to, they really don't want to read that much. And they don't want titles that look like they're coming from scientific Yeah, journals. that are going to be in a journal, right? Right, right. They want catchy titles quote-unquote sexy titles. This is what I was told by, the, by people. Sexy titles. So for me, that was a sexy title, God yeah. in a Pill. Well, and, 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 yet uh, it, and it still contains your great research, oh, your in-depth. It, it yeah. contained all the information that was kind of summarized in this ADHD, are we helping or harming with current medications? Well, let's let's take a break, Frank. We'll come back, and I want you to explain more. What what are we to do if our child is diagnosed with it, and um, what do we do? Or if you know, if you're an adult that's been diagnosed, uh, stick with us. Interesting stuff. More with Dr. Frank Ninavaji and uh, his great uh, work as both both a uh, a blogger on Psychology Today, but as a thorough researcher at uh, Yale University as well. So stick with us. More on ADD and ADHD, and uh, the meds you take to manage those disorders. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about ADHD and ADD as a diagnosis um, and also the the medications that you take. Um, once you're on them, they're pretty powerful drugs and need a lot of strict uh, regulation around them and restrictions around them. So we've asked Dr. Frank Ninavaji to be with us. He is uh, He's been on the show many times. He's one of our true uh, blue professionals as an assistant clinical professor of child psychiatry at Yale University and the School of Medicine there. And uh, he's just been enlightening us about ADHD and ADD. Uh, we appreciate you, Frank, being with us. Thank you so much for actually kind of giving us the understanding about the diagnosis of ADHD and ADD. Right, right, right. Now, um I think that there, uh, what, what those two diagnoses uh, mean uh, to me is this. 
if there's a diagnosis of uh, ADHD, uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, that usually is a smokescreen for highly overactive, impulsive children, usually boys, who are extremely unregulated, dis dysregulated, and whose behavior is very unruly. Uh, boys, little boys or teenagers who get into a lot of trouble, a lot of um, misbehavior occurs, and that's usually primary. It's a highly intensified form of uh, oppositional and defiant disorder, so-called. Hmm. Very, very unruly behaviors. <clears throat> now, the simplest way that usually pediatricians, and that's uh, who usually prescribe the stimulant medications, about 70% of all these, we'll just call them ADHD meds, are prescribed by pediatricians because, uh, because of insurance purposes and logistics. Uh, mothers can simply make a quick appointment, go in that week. Pediatrician sees the child for 10, 15 minutes. Mother said, oh, he's wild, he's unruly, he's, he's hyperactive. Hmm. As soon as you use that word hyperactive, <clears throat> it's, uh, uh, it elicits a knee-jerk reaction Pediatrician uses a diagnosis of ADHD, prescribes Ritalin or methylphenidate or, or Adderall or Concerta or Focalin <clears throat> or Vyvanse. You know, there are at least a half a dozen, probably a dozen forms of the amphetamine-like drugs. And then what happens is mother starts the drug and the child, the whole child is stunned for about two weeks almost like in a paralyzed condition. All the hyperkinetic behaviors disappear. All the impulsive behaviors disappear. And the, the child is sort of wide-eyed. And when the, if the child is going to school, teachers say he looks like his eyes are so wide open, just focusing on the board. <laughs> <laughs> He's just... He's exactly. just high as a kite, isn't he? He's, exactly. he's just overstimulated. The, the pupils are dilated. The, the, the hands are frozen cold because of the vasoconstriction. Lunchtime comes. They don't eat a thing because the stimulants are diet pills. They cut appetite. Child goes home, and mother says, okay, now bedtime, 8, 9, 10 o'clock child can't fall asleep till 12, 1, 2 in the morning. Child falls asleep in 6, 7, 8 in the morning. Mother tries to get the child up. Child won't wake up. Child needs sleep. So there's a fight that occurs over waking up. And that compounds the family problems hmm. and the fact that the mother says, oh, the child is not cured. The child still is ADHD behavior problems, bring them back to the pediatrician. Go back, pediatrician or child psychiatrist doubles the medication. So we go through the same vicious circle until enough stimulant is in the child's body that the child can't take it anymore, is tense, anxious, has not 
slept well for months. Yeah. And so he's like a, a hair trigger, like a wound up spring. And you say the the if you say yes, he'll say no. If you say listen to me, please obey, conform, follow directions. Temper tantrum, re, temper reaction, uh, outburst, meltdown, whatever you want to call it. So mother brings him back, and if it's a child psychiatrist, child psychiatrist says, you know what? Bipolar disorder. Oh, boy. Your child has bipolar disorder in addition to, therefore, let's look at lithium, Depakote, and it goes on and on and on and on. So the humanity, the soul, the spirit, the personhood of the human being, of the mother, of the relationship is put, uh, uh, what do you call it, in cold storage Mm. until nothing works anymore and they put him in a school like the one I uh, work at and we try to break that vicious uh, cycle. Now... Friend, what would you say, not to interrupt, but what would you say if if there's people that are saying, well, ours works. He he was doing horrible. He couldn't focus at school. He couldn't get anything done. He wasn't getting anything done. And then we give him this med and he's diagnosed with attention deficit disorder. And now he's getting good grades and he's focused and he's happy and he's sleeping. They can't be. Can't, no one can say he's sleeping because that is impossible. Because it's going to keep him up. I guess unless they're not. I mean, if you're only giving they're not him diligent and they deny, they avoid okay. the loss of appetite, the weight loss, yeah. and the fact that there's growth suppression. We see children and boys who come into the program, fifteen-year-olds, and sometimes I again flippantly use the word "uh oh." Here we go, another midgetized adolescent. Yeah. It looks like a a 10-year-old. Because of the meds. Because of the the stimulant medication, growth suppression has occurred. Now, if I say that to the parent, the parent said, oh, it's not true. Nobody ever told me about it. And I'm not going to do anything about it. Then I talk to the parent again, and the parent says, oh, I looked it up on the Internet, and it says that that's just a temporary growth suppression. If you take the medication away, it goes away. The problem is we get 18, 19, 20-year-olds occasionally, and the growth plates in the, in the ankles and in the wrists are closed. Hmm. There's no more growth possible. Yeah. So they're stuck. Many times we get little boys who are on stimulants from New York City, very well-to-do uh, elite families who have been told that this is a problem. Uh, and these are 10, 11, 12-year-old boys. So what mothers do, they find the right physicians in Manhattan and they give them growth hormones by injection. And the child comes in with plenty of stimulant medication and plenty of uh, syringes that the nurse has to administer. Hmm. So I what are parents to do? All right, now, now this is the issue. <clears throat> there is something called executive functioning in the brain, in the frontal lobes of the brain. 
And it really is the epitome of what critical thinking is all about. We have this uh, sort of buzz phraseology nowadays, executive functioning. Right. And basically it means strong attention. It means capacity to identify problems. It means capacity to strategize solutions toward problem solving. It means having the perseverance, the mental energy to go through a solution to solve the problem and reach a goal. It means to look at the outcome of that solution you've chosen and to decide, is it workable, not workable? If it's not workable, dismiss it, refine your problem-solving skills, choose a different strategy, repeat the process. Mm. That's what executive functioning is. Now, that is impaired in many people in different ways. Either, and this is very important, if you get psychological testing, and people now dismiss psychological testing, you know, good old-fashioned Wexler psychological testing, uh, or Kaufman, the new versions of the uh, Kaufman ABC uh, testing, All of that is very valuable because it gives you an idea of basic verbal abilities, basic perceptual or problem-solving abilities, basic working memory, attentional abilities, and basic processing speed abilities. Now, verbal IQ or verbal abilities I don't put much uh, stock in because that's parroting. Anybody could have a high verbal IQ simply from being trained and inundated with schoolwork. Right. That's called crystallized learning. But it's the problem solving, it's the working memory and the processing uh, speed, which you're born with. Your brain is born uh, with with those signatures, and anybody will tell you, any PhD will tell you, a neuropsychologist will tell you, that stuff doesn't change. Hmm. Now we see kids come in, and and the norms are like a hundred. That's the normal. Most human beings, eighty percent of new human beings, range between eighty five and one ten as a score for each of what I've said. Mm-hmm. Those IQ scores. We see kids come in with a processing speed of 50. We see kids coming in with uh, a working memory of 80. We see kids coming in with uh, perceptual uh, or problem-solving skills of 78. That's just what they're born with? They're born with it. So, so this isn't a disease. This is just processing. This is that's what the computer, the brain part, computer part of the brain is given by great nature, by the Almighty. Now, in addition to that, there is this thing called learning disabilities, and and that runs parallel to your capacity to learn, problem solve, and understand. Mm. And many people, up to 10-20% of the human population, have learning disabilities in reading, 
less have learning disabilities in mathematics and even less learning disabilities in writing, written skills, graphics. We see kids with those disabilities. Now, the pill, God in a pill, amphetamine yeah. is not going to do anything for that. What's, what the treatment is, is identification of the specific problem and then remediation of the specific hmm. problem. And the remediation is what in the old days we used to call special ed which means that the teachers in the school environment need to customize the educational interventions, how they teach, to the needs, the capacities, and what the child is able yeah. to grasp and receive and retain and then express. Wow. And that's what we do at the school I uh, you work at, work at. Uh, Frank. You know we've got to go. We've got a break here, but um, this is fascinating because it's not. We think we're fixing it, but really, in what we're doing instead, we're not actually dealing with it. We're not understanding the difference, remediating it, and and helping this child grow the way they need to grow. Uh, folks, instead we throw a pill at it and a diagnosis. Doctor Frank Ninavaji, thank you so much. Keep up your great work there at the. Uh, at uh, Yale University as an assistant clinical professor there of child psychiatry. There's more to it than just throwing a pill and a diagnosis. I mean, too, that's impactful as well. We'll take a break. Come right back. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, it's so easy because we trust the professionals, right? We trust the experts. We trust the doctors, the psychologists, the psychiatrists. But wouldn't it make sense, what Dr. Ninavaji is saying, that some people are born with a, a different baseline? They're just, their processing is at 50 when yours is at 100, Their processing is at 70 when yours is at 100. And we think we can just take a pill to increase somebody's processing, their ability to handle certain information and data. Um, It might be just too easy to think that it's a diagnosis. Instead, it might be more valuable, as Dr. Ninavaji taught us, to think of it as just who we are. We have a difference in how we process or executively function and manage around the information we need to to deal with. It might be valuable as well that we're making sure we we understand our child and not even in the terms of anxious or depressed or ADHD, but just in how they work, how they think, how they function. They at least deserve that and try maybe non-clinical, non-medical interventions first. It's hard. I get it because as most parents, we don't know what we're doing. So uh, maybe slow down before you medicate. Understand. Try to figure them out. Look look up the chain. What is dad like? What is grandpa like? What is mom like? Anyway, we'll take a break. Come back next hour. More ideas, more tools right here on the Matt Townsend Show.
This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your life coach, your guide on the side. Happy days are here again, folks. July 5th, Graham Cracker Day. Oh, another angel just got a Graham Cracker. Happened to be my breakfast today, and I could—I didn't even remember it was Graham Cracker Day. It's just how karma works when you're living a good life. Things just work out for you. We got a great show for you today. Ron Hager will be joining us. He is our um, chronic disease prevention expert. BYU professor, he's going to be on the show with us today, helping us to, you know, of course, trying to buy some time in our lives um, and to, to live a healthier, happier life. We're going to be talking about the courage to do the hard things like get in shape. You know, we just celebrated all of these courageous uh, on the 4th of July, all the courageous uh, men and women who have given their lives for our country. Why not, you know, take advantage of what they've done and, and start living a healthier happier life. How about that? One that, you know, allows you to enjoy some time with your grandkids someday down the line. You know. I, meanwhile, was passing a kidney stone because of my horrible eating habits. That could be similar to having a child. Yes, it was. I had a beautiful little boy named Chip. Actually, he never came. I never saw him. Really? I just suffered with him. But I feel a lot better. So something worked. And then we went golfing. We kind of – we went to this place where you sit down and you you get to hit on a golfing range and play games on the golfing range. It's a really fun adventure with my children. Got to watch my wife try to hit a ball. That was fun. My daughter came in second place on our – in our group. She's got game. Like her father. I came in first, not to brag. You probably changed the rules as you were playing, though. Yeah, I did, just as my kids started beating me. No, I'm a good golfer. Don't get me wrong. I'm straight down the course. I don't know, about 150. No, about a 200-yard drive, probably. If I hit the if I hit the, the the golf cart path, easily two fifty. You got to hit it just right though. <sighs> not to brag, boys. Not to brag. Anyway, we got a great show for you. We will be talking with Ron Hager in just a few moments. Also, a ton of headlines information coming up. We got to get to um, lotto story. You know, guy wins the lotto with money they stole. We forgot to get to that last hour. And what do you do when you catch somebody trying to sell a live deer? I mean, to me, it sounds like a risky business. But in the first hour, we talked about a guy that tried to ride an elk. <laughs> Obviously, as we talked with Dr. Ninavaji, some people just process at slower speeds than others. Those are the people that usually want to ride a wild animal in the wild. Or make ice cream in their bathtub. We're here for all of them, giving them the information they need. Ben, comment? 
Um, I I don't think making ice cream in your tub and riding a deer relate at all. It's pretty close. Yeah, we agree. They're definitely adjacent to one another. We've checked. We've actually checked the yeah. We've checked the books. Yeah, but your intentions are to destroy me. So no, I think no. that's a little harsh. That's not an intention. That's just a fun side game. Yeah, it's a side effect. We're we're just talking here. We're mm-hmm. amongst friends. Friends, yeah. really? You shouldn't feel any sort of. There's no attack. Attack. You shouldn't feel any danger. So when you think Ben Wozniak, you mm. think friend. I wouldn't go that far. I no, know. No, when no, I think no. Ben Wozniak, I think security. <laughs> it's too security. Far. Yeah. That's what I think. Um, great show coming up. Tons of information. Plus, our good buddies from BYU Sports Nation will be joining us. We'll find out what's going to be on their show at the top of the hour. And of course, we got to get to the headlines first. Let's go to Caitlin Thomas. Find out what's going on around the rest of the country. Caitlin, what's up? Okay, Matt. So President Obama will campaign with Hillary Clinton for the first time today, appearing with the presumptive Democratic nominee in North Carolina, a state that he won in 2008 and narrowly lost in 2012. Clinton will appear with Vice President Joe Biden on Friday in Scranton, Pennsylvania as well. The Coast Guard is searching for three men whose fishing boat overturned off Oahu's North Shore. Authorities say the three men, all age 30, left around 5.45 a.m. Sunday and were to return by 5 p.m. The Coast Guard was alerted when the men still weren't back by 8.30 p.m. And on Monday, their 20-foot fishing boat was found overturned 25 miles off of shore. Officials say a rescue swimmer searched the vessel but found no one on board. A helicopter plane and patrol boat are now searching with firefighters and the Navy. Last hour, Matt, we mentioned that a U.S. student's body had been found dead in Rome yesterday, but just in a day after the body of the 19-year-old Wisconsin student was found, an arrest in the case has been made. The suspect, described as a 40-year-old homeless man, was to be charged with aggravated murder and has been seriously implicated in Bo Solomon's death, police said. Solomon's family previously said that thousands of dollars were charged to Bo's credit cards after he disappeared. So we have an arrest, so that's good news. Lastly, Matt... This is a good one to end you off with. Joey Chestnut won the annual 4th of July hot dog eating contest at Nathan's Famous in Coney Island and set a record in the process. In just 10 minutes, the San Jose, California resident ate 70 hot dogs and buns, beating last year's winner, Maddie Stone, by 17 hot dogs and buns. His 70 dogs, yeah, these 70 dogs were the most ever downed during a competition. Happy 4th of July. Wow. There you go. Indigestion. Ugh. That's and, horrible. Well, he soaks them down. I don't care what he does with them. He dunks. The, he has a, like a pitcher of water. And he just dunks the buns in the water. And uh, eats them that way. So they're they're soggy buns. If that helps. Uh, <laughs> it's just I don't care. It's bad for you. Seventy. Yeah. There. This is press conference. <laughs> This is one of those press conferences where everyone wants to get a word in. Mm. They're just going right down the line. 70 hot dogs. Oh. And buns. Can you, could you, how many could you eat, really? Probably about four. Yeah. Depends could, how good well, no, the well, hot dog was. If I was in a competition, I'm not sure. Because we've talked. Well, I, went to a, uh, I went to a steak House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At you, one point, you ate, ate 11 and a half, six ounce steaks. Jeez. Which was pretty rough going towards the end. Yeah. Well, for probably the next week. <laughs> I, was, I was topped off pretty good there. But uh, yeah, that was, that was difficult. So hot dogs, 
I don't know. Well, but hot the dogs bun, aren't, the they don't bun, really have meat in them, do the, they? It's not considered meat. It's sort of what's <laughs> left over after the meat has been passed through, we call it. Taken away. It's the leftover pieces. Um, mostly faces. Uh, but when it comes <laughs> But it's the buns. The bun is the problem. Bread is hard to just consume fast and in grand quality or grand quantity, you know, yeah. you're in just piles of it. But even like half those hot buns? dog buns, they're not a lot of bread either. Well, there's not a it's lot. It's just a big but, sugar cake. Yeah, I don't know. I just And I you're doing it you're doing it so fast your body doesn't really get a chance to uh give you that sort of full indication. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it seems like if you're going to take a risk in a sport, you may as well be in a sports car. At least have fun while you do yeah, it. Yeah, you don't want to be standing there stuffing hot dogs down your gullet. Yeah, it doesn't sound like. Yeah, yeah, not my sport. Have I mean, you ever, wa- your... have you ever I... watched the competition? Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty gross itself. Just it's... watch people just. Well, I, I was doing it while my kidneys were like contracting. Okay, and I thought, yeah, I think I'd rather be driving a sports car right now. Right, I understand. Not worth it. I mean, if you're going to do a sport, risk it. Jump out of an airplane, risk it. But they're risking it. They could. They could. Uh, you know, do severe damage. Oh sure. <laughs> well, they've done damage. If we ask, I always love having that story right before Ron Hager gets here, because mm. he can't handle that. No, it grosses him out. We probably ought to get some video up for him. He's going to want to watch that. It's That's on, for sure. It's on the web. Hey, um, we uh, we talked about last hour a couple. In Pennsylvania, we never got to the story. We just mm. teased you. And now we will finally give it to you. A, a Pennsylvania couple helped steal more than $175,000 from a grocery store where they worked. And then they used that money to buy a $1 million lottery ticket from the same store. Okay. Right? That sounds efficient. Right. So bada boom, bada bing. They rob from the rich to go become rich. Well, Richer. Richer. Here's the problem. Um, They rang up the bogus returns, pocketed money, so people would return stuff to the store. They'd ring it up. Then they'd take that money, put it in their pocket, not back in the stores. And um, now a police report has been claimed, and some of the stolen money was then used to buy lotto tickets, and now they're going back to basically get that money from them. Sad day. See, which teaches us what? Crime doesn't pay. Well, it might pay initially, but it'll come back to get you. It makes you super lucky. Hmm. Don't get me wrong. Crime doesn't pay in the end, but you are going to be luckier to win the lotto. Yeah. If you stole money, come on. And so if they had just changed their technique, they may have gotten away with it. But we don't want them to get away with it because we want them to have to suffer the price is right, ugly negative sound. That's pretty humiliating when you get that noise. I hate that noise. You don't want that noise. Mm -hmm. Especially like when you were going for a dollar and then you overdid it. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I was 80 cents. Blasted. Miss out on that fridge. Hey, uh, another thing we probably ought not do. Hmm. If you, for example, are looking for an extra 300 bucks. Okay. Yeah. I would suggest that you don't scoop up a fawn, just a little baby, baby deer, baby deer, 
off a rural road mm. and then attempt to sell it on Craigslist. Oh, come on! I really? know. You're supposed to be able to sell anything on Craigslist. I know. Except apparently a live wild animal. All right, all right. And uh, so according to the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, reports 28-year-old Lazy Jean David posted the ad asking $300 for a baby deer. Hmm. She posted a photo with the ad <laughs> on the side of the road. <laughs> She's standing like 10 feet from the deer. Uh State game warden set up a sting to meet her, and they bought the deer. It is illegal to pick up a fawn and sell it online. By the way, Ben, before he was going to do his his company to the the fundraiser to raise money, he thought of this. Okay, sell wild animals. Yeah, he in fact packed a uh, an eight point deer mm. in the back of his mom's van. Wow, good job! It's amazing. It's a big deer. Don't even ask how he got the deer in there. Right. Here, dear. Here, dear. I, I had to hit it with my car. Here, dear. Wow. Was that, is that you, Tommy boy? Um, the lady uh, was eventually released on bail, but uh, she also had it, by the way, weird, an unrelated warrant for failure to appear in a prior drug case. Hmm. So now these drug addicts, they're not just going to steal from people in houses anymore. Now they're going to go steal from nature. Yeah, I wonder if those two were related, like yeah. her her drug charges yep. and the uh, could be. By the way, the fawn is in good health and remains in a rehab facility, trying to break uh, an addiction. So this woman probably has a mugshot. I bet she does. Do you know what? Do you know what state has the best mugshots? Uh, Florida is where I'm going. Close, but no. Mississippi. No. Where? North Carolina. Really. Why? Apparently, they're the home of the happiest mugshots. Oh, really? According to a survey of 30,000 mugshots conducted on behalf of a law firm in Los Angeles, mugshots from all over the country were simply put through Microsoft's Cognitive Services, a web-based tool that can detect emotions in order to determine mood, the mood of each subject. Wow. So It judges the facial expression, what, what the face looks like to judge what the emotion that they're trying to show. And so of all of the mugshots around... The happiest people being arrested were in North Carolina. Now, this wasn't a peer-reviewed scientific study, so you have to take the results yeah. with a big okay. grain of salt. Big, but big grain of salt. as they put it into this, this computer system, it kicked out. It says that it goes, what, North Carolina came out on top for the most smiling suspects. Oh, that's good. With uh, Nevada, Indiana, Maine, and New York wow. rounding out the top five. Uh, I mean, if you're going to have criminals, you want them to be happy. Happy criminals. Because, you know, happy criminals make a happy jail. And a happy jail, you know what that means. Ben? I, I think, no. no. Happy jail means... Lots of... Lots of happy people in the jail. Oh, Okay. Well, I've never been to jail, so I was just hoping you'd be able to respond to that. Yeah, I like I yep. didn't see nah. any connects. Uh, I mean, from I, my experience, so I just thought in your training that they had a phrase that they always use. It wasn't that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just checking. Hey, we will take a break when we come back. Um, we're going to be talking about your health and eating healthy, being healthy. You know, hopefully, it not only leads to health and a good you know picture when they take your picture when you get pulled over and arrested. But maybe you'll be able to live longer and happier and have healthier lives. Stick with us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be talking with the good Dr. Ron Hager up next. Stick with us. 
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. In studio with us is Dr. Ron Hager. Ron's an associate professor of exercise sciences in the College of Life Sciences at BYU and is an expert in chronic disease prevention. This week, he's also an expert in teaching the the tennis camps at BYU. That's what I've, I've been doing it the last three weeks, and thought I might be done, but uh, the coaches asked if I could still help they out. They need you one more time. So at least one more week. That's yeah. good. It keeps you fit. It, yeah. Fit keep, is a fiddle. Keeps me fit and gets me even further behind in, in my, your other, my, my real job. In your real job, in your other work. Yeah. What uh, I'm sure you caught Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I did. I did. 70? 70. Can you believe that? Yeah, broke an all-time record, right? And, they, and, like, uh, and they even had it for women, too, but the, like the woman only ate like 30. So. But I'm sure that they were all beef frank, so they're healthy... Yeah, yeah, I think, and and I think they they dip them they in dip water. Them. They dip them in water. You know, and water's great for hydration. So I, <laughs> I, I really don't see that it's that much of a, okay, a problem. Good, because I was thinking you were going to freak out about it. But uh, you're you have you have created, I think, a very profound segment today. Well, well you know, one, once in a while, it I try has, and do something deep and meaningful. Yeah, it goes with the Fourth of July. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, we just are coming off of Independence Day, and. Uh, and you know, I went to some different performances and went to some, you know, some uh, presentations and fireside kinds of things, and uh, you know, got to hear some songs played and some songs sung. And one of the songs that you know you hear a lot at this time of year is "America the Beautiful." Yeah. And uh, you know, there's a there's a, a line, you know, part of the lyrics of that song is uh, uh, "Who more than self their country loved," sort of implying that. There are those who are willing to sacrifice, even the ultimate sacrifice, lay down their lives right. so that we might have the liberties and freedoms. And this got me thinking about, you know, maybe the the ultimate freedom that we enjoy, uh, you know, is the freedom to choose. And, you know, I've mentioned before on the show with you, Matt, that, you know, many of the chronic diseases we've talked about are sometimes, um, I don't know if you could say affectionately, but maybe interestingly called diseases of choice. Right, right. And, you know, I, I don't mean any offense by that. You know, if you know somebody, for example, that's had cancer or a heart attack and maybe even died because of that, I'm not implying that, you know, they, they welcomed cancer or yeah, welcomed were, heart disease right. into their life, that that's what they were shooting for. But, but the bottom line here, Matt, is that um, there's something called population attributable risk. It's a statistical term. It, it basically means the amount of, of a of an outcome like a disease or even death that could be could be avoided if certain uh, risk factors were eliminated or if certain uh, behaviors were engaged in. And, you know, you look at the data on this and from the research and, you know, type 2 diabetes, you know, which is now, you know, on track to become uh, a leading killer, maybe the leading killer. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, but but it's you know the, the research shows that population attributable risk, the amount of this disease that could be avoided, is in excess of ninety percent. Now there are different kinds of risk factors. Yeah. There are modifiable risk factors and non-modifiable. Now modifiable risk factors, you know, the implication is you have a choice. Yeah. Non-modifiable, like maybe uh, your family history or genetics, or. Uh, I, 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 other issues that have already. Yeah. I, I, I still say gender, but I know that. That's questionable nowadays, but but uh, but, but modifiable but, would be exercise, weight loss, right, right. I mean, w- w- whether you smoke or not, what kind of diet you eat, but even things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, those are modifiable risk factors, mm-hmm. and they're modifiable either through uh, some type of 
non-pharmaceutical lifestyle intervention or a, a prescription medication right. can oftentimes control those. But regardless, it's still a choice. And you look at things like heart disease, that is the number one killer. Um, more than 600,000 deaths annually in the United States just from heart disease. If you conclude, wow. if you include all cardiovascular disease, it's, it's you know, a million people uh, or more. But that's 82% population attributable uh. risk, I meaning 82% preventable. So that, that takes me back to America the Beautiful and a line uh, from that song. I, I mentioned the one about, you know, the people who are willing to sacrifice and even give their lives. Uh, you know, there's another line that says, who more than self uh, their, their country loved, as I mentioned, you know, and, and we, we call these people heroes. We call them patriots, those who did that. Uh, but there's another line, uh, confirm thy soul in self-control. Mm. Now, I doubt when people sing this hymn or this song yeah. or whatever you want to call it, that they're actually thinking about, uh, you know, maybe their dietary choices or whether they exercise or not or whether they smoke or not. So, so it became kind of an interesting perspective, uh, you know, in considering your health relative to that statement, confirm thy soul in self-control. Now, I realize that human behavior is more than just self-control. It's very complicated. It's not, you know, pe- people don't do things just because they lack self-control or don't do things. Right. Uh, there's all, all kinds of other influences and interactions that are involved. Some are environmental, some are genetic, some are, uh, you know, just uh, the, the people you're surrounded with, uh, you know, whatever kinds of barriers you may be facing, right. uh, either either physical or psychological. You know, there's all kinds of Cultural. things. Cultural. My father-in-law yeah. was a medical advisor in Samoa, and he said their diet is all white. It's just all carbs, yeah. and that's just their culture. Yeah. It's just an all-carb diet. Yeah. Yet it yeah. So, takes lives at right. 50. Right. So, you know, there there are things that people deal with. So you can't really say that you know, a person who smokes, if they just had enough self-control, they could quit. Right. You know, or a person who's overweight or obese, if they just had enough self-control, they would not, not be so fat. You know, it, it's, it's way bigger than that. But you, you still have to relate to this, right. this line, this song. There's still a line. There's still part of it, right? And there's a, there's a guy I came across a couple of years ago. His name's Scott Cutshall. Uh, he has a blog online. And, you know, if somebody wanted to Google his name, you could probably learn even more about him. Um, but but he, he did some things to change his life. Um, you know, and and I just want to mention too that most people know what's good for them, Matt. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, or, or even what's bad for them. I don't think it's very likely that you're going to come across somebody, you know, that is shocked to find out that exercise is good for them, <laughs> you know, or that they're stunned that fruits and vegetables are better than a big juicy steak with mashed potatoes, gravy, butter, and a refined grain roll. <laughs> You know, they're not going to be like, oh, my gosh, what? thank you for, you know, yeah. enlightening me. I'm going to switch immediately. It's not really a lack of knowledge. It's, right. it's more than that. But let me tell you about Scott uh, Cutshaw. Uh, you know, he, he found out that health, you know, is personal, that it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of hard work. Um, so this is a guy uh, who weighed 501 pounds. Oh, wow. And uh, he was on the verge of dying. His doctor said, you're going to need a surgery like a like a stomach reduction yeah. kind of a surgery, make his stomach smaller and a lap band kind of a thing, but that he only had a 50% chance of surviving the surgery because his heart was so weak oh, due to his obesity. And uh, and it was a wake-up call for him, but he, he made a change in his life. He started riding a bike. He had to actually find somebody to build him a bike that would support his weight. 
and he changed his diet. And it wasn't just something he figured out overnight. He didn't just wake up and make this change. It took a lot of effort. It took a lot of time. And he worked very hard at it. But over time, uh, and I'm talking about many years, thousands of miles on his bike and a consistent dietary pattern that he figured out would work for him, 180 pounds. Holy cow. 180 pounds. And he's, you know, living life to the fullest now. Uh, So I'm just saying that there are success stories out there. But I'm convinced that people like Scott Cutshaw would not say, well, I just took this pill or I just had this surgery and everything was fixed. He would be the first to tell you that he had to work and work and work uh, to make this happen And for find him. his own answers, right? Yeah. Find his own way. Yeah, exactly. Let's take this uh, break. We're, we're speaking with Dr. Ron Hager, who's walking us through how you can confirm your soul in self-control um, and, and, and figure out your code. Make yourself healthier by just owning, owning a part of it. It doesn't have to just be that you stop everything. But start learning. Do that at least. We'll take a break. More with Dr. Ron. When we come back, this is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you live longer and love stronger. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. In studio, Dr. Ron Hager, who's an associate professor of exercise sciences in the College of Life Sciences right here at BYU. He is also an expert in chronic disease prevention and is doing what he can today to uh, help us make some decisions in our lives to use whatever character we can muster to live a healthier, happier life. Ron, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, that's a crazy story you were telling us about Scott Cutchell. Yeah. 500 pounds down to 183, 184. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even a little more now because this was a few years ago. That is amazing. And again, he ended up not having the surgery. Right. Yeah. Just chose to make different – make some changes. Yeah. Had to have a custom-made bicycle made for him. Now he's riding all over the place. Yeah. In fact, uh, in part of what I remember reading about him, uh, he even moved. You know, he took he, – he had a daughter and a wife. I don't know if he has more children now. It's a few years ago since I looked into him. But uh, but he actually moved. He said we're – so, so this, is, this is – you know, you might say, well, this is a drastic change. But this is a person who's, you know, taking control, right? So so he said, you know, where we live now is not conducive to to my living a healthy lifestyle. Let's find a place. Huh. So I think they ended up going to Minnesota or something like that yeah. because it was it was a more bike friendly place. It was, you know, one of those more, healthiest states, more, yeah. Yeah, or something like that. So so you know, he did a lot of research. He figured things out. That's and, what you got to do though, right? Is figure out what works best for you. Right. And adjust. Right. And if you think about like I said that line from America the Beautiful, confirm thy soul in self-control. What does it mean to confirm your soul? I and mean, that's a cool phrase. Yes. I, I guess you validate yeah, to val- your to, worth. To know who you are. Yeah. Right? To, to, to have the, conf- the, the self-efficacy, right? The s- self-efficacy is the confidence you have that you can do something. Hmm. And if you have confirmed your soul, meaning you validated, you know who you are. You're, you're not being told by the media or the public or the entertainment industry who you are. You know who you are. Hmm. Now all of a sudden – Self-control, you know, becomes part of who you are. 
And and you can confirm your soul with self-control because you take charge, right? And, and like you were saying, you don't have to bite the whole thing at once. Just no. take whatever bite you know you need to take. Yeah. Just yeah. take the first bite. Exactly. And, you know, we mentioned these modifiable risk factors, things that you do have control over and how environment, you know, can, can play a role in that. But I want you to think about, and anybody who's listening too, think about the best things that have ever happened to you in your life. Uh, and tell me if they came easy. Hmm. Tell me if you just woke up one morning and there they were and it was no effort on your part. If, 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 if you're saying yes to that, my, my guess is those things really don't have that much meaning. Yeah. yeah. So it reminds me of a quote I came across some time ago uh, you know, that, 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 that's related to this. It says, if you find a road with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. <laughs> Right. So yeah. so obstacles are okay. You know, doing the hard thing is okay. In fact, what gets people into the most trouble is looking for the path of least resistance. Yeah, the the, the easy way out. Yeah, exactly. And 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 as, and as you look at you know, if we go back to uh you know, these leading causes of death, uh you know, heart disease and cancer and stroke, those are the top 3 leading causes of death, but I like to talk about what the actual causes of death are because the ultimate question is well, if heart disease is the leading cause of death, well, what's causing so much heart disease, right? So, by the way, of the top four, the, is is that right? They're they're modifiable. Yeah, I mean these things are modifiable at a very high rate. You can modify seventy well, percent uh, or more. Of seventy the top to ninety percent plus can be avoided of of the top causes of death. Huh. And you know you don't hear a lot of talk about that. You hear a no. lot of talk about. You know, uh, mass shootings and, you know, right. which, which are terrible things. Right. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, maybe a few dozen people being killed versus over 600,000. Yeah, you're much more likely where's, to die. Where's the, where's the news and the media outcry on that? But you, you look at these actual causes of death, Matt, and tobacco is number one. Now, is tobacco a modifiable risk factor? Yeah. Does a person have a choice? Now, you introduce an interesting thing into this, and that's something called addiction. Because addiction can, in a sense, rob you of choice. Uh, you know, it, whether it's chemical or psychological or whatever it is, addictions right. can be very, very powerful. But it still can be done. I'm not saying it's easy, but there are people who have been able to quit. Yeah. You know, so smoking is number one. And then the number two actual cause of death is poor diet and physical inactivity. Man. Do you have a choice on those? Absolutely. Sure. Sure you do. So, so you know, part of part of living in a in a free world in a free society and appreciating our liberties, in my mind, is is self control. You know, exercising that right to choose so that uh, your health is optimized. Now, maybe there's people out there who say, "Well, you know, I I don't care about my health. I like the way things are," and that's a valid excuse that people use. I mean, it is valid because. Uh, some people just don't care. And, and and maybe, you know, something will change for them. I don't know. Uh, you know, it did for Scott Cutshaw. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I'm not saying Scott Cutshaw enjoyed his life when he was, you know, uh, tremendously overweight. Uh, but his wake-up call, as I remember reading in his blog, was he came to a realization that he was not going to be there. You know, the doctor gave him six months to live. And he came to a realization that he was not going to be there for his wife, for his daughter. So it was something outside of himself. It was related to service. It was related wow. to love and to caring. And, you know, maybe that's what people need. You know, maybe they 
need that in order to help them change. So I, I don't pretend to understand all about, you know, people's difficulties in overcoming behaviors. Uh, but I have had my own challenges and my own trials, so I know that it can be difficult. Um, but I haven't, you know, had to overcome addictions or anything like that with smoking or alcohol. And I know it can be very, you know, c- complicated and complex. So I don't pretend to understand all that. Um, but maybe too, though, the people that – but you've had yours. You've had your – I mean you're, you have your temptations, your things right. that you've had to say, OK, I got to find a way around that. Yeah. Every, and in a way, I kind of feel like everyone's pretty – even if you grew up in a family where smoking's the norm – but if you're getting this pang or this feeling in your heart that you need to do something, mm-hmm. then just find something to do. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to – again, just learn, understand. There's 500 ways to probably go about quitting something right? and fixing or, 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 or compensating. Yeah. Or, or, or starting something. Uh-huh, and starting something, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a tricky thing, obviously, but uh, there's no question there are hundreds of thousands of examples of people who – uh, have done it. Now, one of the things I think that makes the biggest difference is as people begin a path of behavior change, uh, when they get to a certain point, they have to ask themselves, you know, am I worth it? Yeah. And when they can get to a point where they can say yes, when they can say, yes, I'm worth it. Now, m- maybe it's, yes, I'm worth it because of you, you know. Yeah, right. Be- because, you know, I feel like my family needs me or my friends need me or whatever. But at some point, when people can say, I am worth it. Now that's confirming your soul, that's right? It. So back when, to the when, song, when they huh? can get back to saying, when, when I would say yes to I'm worth it, to me, that's like a tipping point. You know, that's when they can really start to make a change. Get ahead. Yeah. Man, we appreciate it. Dr. Ron Hager, great stuff. Remember, uh, I mean, that right there, America the Beautiful. I'll never hear that song again. Confirm thy soul in self control. Without thinking of this lesson. Great yeah, no, lesson. Th- you know, there's another line there too, Matt. It says, uh, may all th- thy gold refine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, so I'm waiting. For, for, yeah. for, for, I'm waiting to get the gold. So it's, well, you are gold. So that it can be refined. I think it just means it's just... <laughs> It's just it's just a metaphor for you. Oh, I was gold. hoping I was I oh. just I just wanted the gold. <laughs> you just want to go refine gold. All right, Dr. Ron, thank you so much. Ron remembers an associate professor of exercise sciences here at BYU. He's off to go coach tennis. We'll take a break, folks. Come back with our good buddies from BYU Sports Nation. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Cloverleaf, Butterflake, Swirl Rolls, all made using Rhodes Bake and Serve Dinner Rolls. Simple things that make life. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the Welcome back, friends. This duet sung by our next guests, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard at... Uh, Stadium of Fire, I believe. Guys, are you there? Uh, we're here. Is this the song you sang? Uh, is this is this Timmy? Yeah. No, this isn't Timmy. It's not Timmy? No. Is this Lee? This is Lee. Let me tell you. Lee this Greenwood. is one of the best songs of all time. Don't you remember? Around 9-11. This was it. I love it. I actually have this uh, in my, uh, my iTunes collection. I didn't know you were so good with Tim. That well, you could call him Tim. Not only uh, do we sing a mean duet, but we're also workout buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hold his legs down when he does sit-ups? No, no, I do not do that. <laughs> I thought 
<laughs> I thought I knew you guys were close. I'm, I'm there mostly for moral support. Yeah, yeah. And vice versa. He's there for me. Well, you, he must do a great job holding your legs down because you are ripped. <laughs> you are one ripped man. How are what, you, brother? What a wonderful, what a wonderful way to join this conversation, Matt. <laughs> hey, how are you, Spence? I've just been listening for the last forty-five seconds to this awesomeness. You had to finish your set, didn't you? Uh, no, I had to shave off my five-day-old beard. Did you? Yeah. So was that just on your chin? Don't you just isn't that like one two Jason, razor? Explain to him that I no no it was it was noticeable. He walked solid. In, he walked in the room and we're like whoa. You mean like indoor noticeable, not outdoor in the exactly, sun? Exactly. Yeah. No, wow. Was, he walked in the room. We all took notice. And interesting. Uh, and yeah, so it's just one of those things. Isn't it weird? Take, I have a hard time saying goodbye to it after extended breaks. Well, what, I mean, it takes so much energy. Well, and my wife too, because she's like, "Oh, I just I like you so much better." Really? <laughs> Don't you get? My wife says the exact same thing. I, I like you so much better with it, and I'm like, "Thanks." I like, like you with, better when you look different, like with a hat and some facial hair. She's yeah. like, "Oh, I just I." I yeah. mean, she she would never like openly say like I am way more attracted to you right now. Like she wouldn't say it that way, but that's totally how it is. Has your wife ever handed you a ski mask? <laughs> nope. Me either. <laughs> I was just wondering. No, no, that's never happened. That's kind of strange. It's so strange. Hey, what do you guys think of KD, Kevin Durant? I didn't think he had it in him to leave. I really didn't. That's pretty gutsy. I thought when he when it was all said and done, he was going to go back to Oklahoma City. But you know what? It's it, This is the way – it's a small market. He had everything he needed, but I, I think the small market thing – no, it's in yeah. Oklahoma City. It, yeah. You hated Golden State before. Yep. <laughs> You're going to hate them. The levels them now. of loathing are about to go astronomical. Well, Stephen A. Smith, he's really mad. He went off. You know, here's the thing Stephen A. Smith is a polarizing figure in sports, and especially in sports talk radio. And quite honestly, uh, because he has a loud microphone, he, he feels like he, he needs to be loud in yeah. these moments. And so. You know, he's got a strong opinion. I just so happen to have not the same opinion as Stephen A. Smith. His point was, look, he's they, they were a game away, half a game away from the championship. Why would you go to the other team? There's no guarantee that they are getting back with the roster as defined now. He's been there a number of times. Yeah. LeBron James went to Miami and won two championships. Why is it that big of a deal for Kevin Durant to go to Golden State and try and get better on a better team? Right, and and what team would have been a better shot? Hey, I mean, I, maybe it's that I'm so worried about this being a Jazz fan in a small market like you know, like Salt Lake City in Utah. The Jazz might win the division now, Jason. Well, well, but here's the thing: like, I'm I'm just convinced that he didn't want to be in Oklahoma City; that he wanted to go. Where and he had endorsement deals in Oklahoma City. He had national endorsement deals with Nike and whatever. But I, I'm just I'm so convinced that even though he had a great team, he wanted to be in a bigger market, so he's going to San Francisco. And again, maybe maybe that's just the jazz fan in me. Right. It's just so used to people not wanting to come here because it's a small market. But right. I, I just I have a feeling that that played something into it. That's why uh, it's not an even league. It's not. Equal. They can't make it equal, right? I mean, some cities are just, they offer more. Yeah, you can't. You can, Come on. Are you going to compete with Miami? Are you going to compete with L.A.? Are you talking about me personally? Do, no. You, no, not you personally. 
But how would you yeah. compete with Miami? I mean, well, hello, Maracas. <laughs> Have oh, you ever seen me on a maraca? Yeah, well, that's something else. Dude, my wrist, I can. show on that. Yeah, I don't even go there. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. And, it, well, okay, here's a, here's a crazy one. What do you think? I mean, so all of a sudden, who are they going to lose? I guess Barnes is going to be gone from the Warriors, right? Yes, but Kevin Durant fills that vacancy yeah. in and then like 20 things more. The, oh. one, the one criticism you can look at this Golden State roster right now and say is, well, they're not very big. They're yeah, not, they're not very big. Is Draymond Green going to play the five, or are they going to go out and get somebody else? Yeah, because they they and bring Andre Iguodala off the bench. Yeah, Bogut's gone. Bogut's in Dallas now. Mm. So it's like, well, they've got they still have to defend. Like they will be the most prolific offense in the NBA hands down next season. It's going to be crazy to watch what they do offensively. They will blow teams through the roof with their offense. But when they're playing a team like the Spurs, or they're playing a team like the Cavs. Maybe the Cavs upgrade Dwayne Wade potentially. Mm. What do they do defensively against physical, inside, disciplined teams? Yeah. Hey, think about this, guys. Think about how disappointed everybody was that Golden State didn't win it this year. Imagine if – what if they don't win it next oh, year? Oh, that's impressive. What if with this team they still don't win it next year? Well, then you got to go get LeBron. I mean, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. This is kind of happen. like this is kind of like the Yankees franchise when they went out and got anyone and yeah. everyone, right? And couldn't win couldn't the do World it. Series. Man, <sighs> that said, basketball is not as fickle as baseball. I think you you can dominate in basketball. You can control things yeah. in basketball more than you can in baseball. But don't you think baseball has better treats during the game? <laughs> Sunflower seeds, bubble gum, bubble gum, pies. They always they always serve somebody with a yeah, shaving, a cream, shaving pie. cream pie. Mm. <laughs> I love me some shaving. Why can't we have whip, like? Why can't they store some whipped cream in the dugout? You know they should. You know, why are why are we throwing something that will burn your eyeballs? Because uh, hey, you, you know just why? Had a great game. Here's some shaving cream <laughs> in your cornea. Because if not, there'd be guys huffing the shaving cream, <laughs> right? It'd be a huffing problem. That's, you don't that's get that when way. you're just huffing. You know that's a cream. problem that doesn't get talked about yeah. enough. Yeah. Oh, you have no. We we cover it almost every week on our show. <laughs> Famous huffers. That's by the way, Huffington Post. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. Oh, I did not realize uh-huh, that that's that what has it was named meaning. after. Famous huffers in New York. Hey, mm-hmm. oh my heavens, it's time to go. It is um, time to go. Okay, you guys got to go to your show. Make sure on your show you talk about Shaq Walker. Uh, we will discuss Shaq Walker. We will also discuss, in the spirit of the 4th of July and Independence, the best win in five years of BYU football independence. Wow. What's the best win in the last five years? <sighs> I don't and know. why? That's yeah. good. That's yeah. a good. That's a good tease. Oh, you know it is. Okay, knock him dead. Keep okay. shaving. Wax okay. on. Wax off. Woo. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Daniel, son. See ya. <laughs> Peace out, yo. Yeah, man. Time flies with those guys. I got taken away. <sighs> KD, he's going to. He's going to uh, Golden State. You know, I was this close to playing pro ball. You guys can't see it because this is radio but it was about an inch yeah 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 anywho speaking of uh world record holders an indian man seeks the guinness record with the longest 
hair. This guy has he had to he had to like uh, uncoil his hair and unspool it. We have a video of it right here. Uh, I won't even say his name is Mr. Rothwa. Sixty had sixty-two feet long of hair. His hair is sixty-two feet long, and I guess once it gets all you know rolled up on this spool, then he just carries the spool around on his head. Holy cow! He eats plenty of fruits and vegetables. Keep his hair healthy. They're still unwinding his hair. They're only probably halfway done. His grandkids are holding it. That's cute. He's got his grand. He says every every couple of days or so, his grandkids come and he'll wash his hair, and then they just hold it out in the sun to dry it. And that's neat. It's it's a this is a record that the the whole family can participate in. Like I I would rather. Golly, it is a long. They need to oil the spool. Yeah, they're still going. Man, okay, I think they just finished. That took a long time, though. Yeah, then it just hangs there on it. Um, 62 feet long. Can you imagine? Hey, where's the cookie? I lost my cookie. Grandpa, I found it. It was about at the 10-foot mark, Grandpa. It was wound in the spool. I think it's neat, though. He's doing it as a family. You know that families that wash hair together stay together. I saw that on a meme. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that. So that on a meme on the interweb. Hey, to wrap up the show, as you know, we like to always do a hero story. Today's hero is Army Dr. Jacqueline Place from Oceanside, California. Here's the story. The late night peace was broken by distance screaming, but the doctor's training immediately kicked in. Jacqueline Place ran to the back of the building and found her neighbor, Jennifer Barella, stabbed and bleeding on the floor. An artery in her arm had been severed. She was quickly losing blood. But it soon became obvious that she wasn't the one in the most danger. Borella's 14-year-old daughter had stab wounds to her face and near her ribs. She struggled to breathe, and she was losing a lot of blood. That's when Place got to work. She called the Marine Staff Sergeant Thomas McDonald, who brought his first aid kit from his apartment and began bandaging up Borella's arm. Place applied a seal to the 14-year-old's wound that uh, staunched the blood uh, while preventing air from being trapped in her chest. Police also showed up responding to the 911 call made by another neighbor. The Marines credited Place's trauma response and courage with saving her neighbor's lives even while the attacker was still on the loose. Borella says, Jacqueline is the reason why I have my daughter here today. She is family now. So Jacqueline Place, Army doctor from Oceanside, California, you are the hero of the day on the Matt Townsend Show. And again, a great example of, uh, you know, our military in action which we ought to be grateful for this time of year, and also just to have a good neighbor that will be there when you need him. Folks, that's really all any of us need are to have good people around us. We can't do this show without you, and we're grateful that you are around us. Thank you for being with us. We'll be back tomorrow to give you more information, more ideas and solutions to find and become the kind of person you want to become in this life. Don't ever give up on yourself. You are important um, to everybody, and... Um, we need to we need to watch out for each other. That's the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, watch each other's backs and make it a great one. We'll talk again tomorrow.